Mega Power Rangers Mega Force Rangers and residents of Howard County, welcome to the Sentai Truther Club. I am your host, Grav, and with me is my favorite person, Kennedy. Whoa, favorite person? Is that like of the day? Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Megaforce. We got debated so yeah, okay. fucking yeah, hard. This is the way to start this, actually. We were deba- How do we start this one? I know how we start this one. Okay, listen, folks. A lot of times we disagree with the internet about which seasons are, like, really good or the best. But we often agree about which seasons are bad. Most people on the internet pan turbo. All right? That's pretty universal. Yeah. A lot of people online don't like Wild Force. There are some stands, but overall, there's like a Reddit post with like a couple hundred upvotes about someone being like, "No, nobody will match the Zords, the 3D Zords from Wild Force," and I'm like, "You're tripping, dog. <laughs> y'all, y'all, get out of here." <laughs> I love it when my Red Ranger shouts at a green screen, and a and a 3D Red Tiger Zord. Uh, I, I love, I love my red <laughs> ranger tried to talk to a monster and was like oh it's heartless we can genocide them now <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man yeah like straight from the jump we said it in their early episode listen like this season from the jump is far more watchable than samurai super samurai it's much harder to sell someone on Power Rangers if you introduce them to Samurai and Super Samurai, Super Samurai versus introducing them to this. This you can say like, yeah, this is like a modern 2013 take on Power Rangers from the 90s. And there's a lot of forward thinking that's involved here and a lot of changes that were made. You know, we talked about the right of first refusal being different and the Rangers being more bold. Well, guess what? The Rangers stayed bold the whole entire season. We were like, straight up, we're back on our bullshit because this is going to be a heavy dissection of Power Rangers Megaforce. Dig in, folks, because this is some fucking bullshit that we uh, completely were just like, we're not going to chance it on this because this is probably going to be really bad. I'm pretty much going to demand that at some point we do a best and worst of Mega Force retroactively, even if it's just for the Patreon or something. Yeah, like, for sure. Because this season 100% deserves it. I'm really sorry that we didn't give it the chance up front. I will say that also, Grav and I have both had a lot of life stuff going on and that we just couldn't really squeeze in the extra episode because, like, I, I kind of wanted to a little bit. We both kind of wanted to a little bit, but it was just like, it is, we're fucked right now. We're, <laughs> we're not even going to get this episode out on time. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a lot of like just scheduling issues and fuck, man, just our lives kind of getting derailed. But <laughs> I think overall, we were still, we started late in our watching because we were so hesitant to watch bad television again. Especially if it was going to be another Samurai or Super Samurai, you know? Where we would have just played it in the background and probably just listened to it. And then if they said something interesting, we'd make note of that. Yeah. This one was way more involved of a watching. And it's because the writers, like, went ham. 
Yeah, honestly, this is one where I've already given a couple of episodes second watches just to, like, try to appreciate them fully. I'm still going to be scattered, though, because especially, like, I'll be, I'll be really candid. Y'all, I don't feel super well today, so <laughs> if, my, if my recaps are a little crazier than usual, <laughs> that's why. I don't have COVID, though. I had a COVID rapid test over the weekend. I'm good. Uh, have you gotten the ones on the mail yet? The, the nah, four free I ones? ordered I ordered them, but I haven't gotten them yet. I ordered them too. I also haven't gotten them yet. Uh, but anyway, so, so I, I'm just gonna apologize in advance and be be real candid about that because I my recaps may be worse than usual. I don't know, but uh, but it, this this season really had some meat on it. I can't believe that so many people, like even one of our guests that I liked, and I'm not gonna call him out because he's I it's, it's not the intention of saying that, but he was like, you know. Samurai sucks, and then Megaforce sucks also, and I was like, damn, okay. You know? I was just prepared for bad. And I just kept expecting it to get worse. And it didn't. If anything, it got better. As it <laughs> Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it wasn't yeah. that bad. Like, there's some episodes in the first handful that are pretty good, even though. So it's not like... I was scared that it was going to go downhill from the yeah. beginning. I was watching. I was like, this is pretty fucking good. And I was straight up scared. I was like, man, they're going to they're gonna do something to fuck this all up. For what? Like, we were thoroughly enjoying ourselves. It really has some, like, kind of... Uh, Ninja Storm or Jungle Fury kind of vibes, where it's just like, yeah, it's just the it's just the the kids hanging out. What's yeah. up? We're hanging. We're having fun. Yeah, <laughs> they don't really go too hard on the classroom setting, and even the classroom setting, like it's supposed to be high school, but they kind of treat it more like a college sort of thing, where people just come and go as they please. Real quick, um, I'm going to get this out of the way, uh, just nip it right in the bud, because there's going to be a couple of plot points, and I don't want to keep discussing it. Somewhere around, around the middle of the season, they just completely drop this character, but um, the milkshake bar that they're at, the owner like plays foreign bodega stereotype to a fault. That was pretty racist. Yeah, um, there's moments where it's okay, but usually when it's okay, it's just when he's talking less. Yeah, like, when he's like not there. Focus on him. It's like, oh, this is, this is cringe. Yeah, completely unnecessary. Definitely felt like a vestige of like 90s racism. Um, you had to wonder, like, did they make this guy like play up an accent and stuff too? It really feels like it felt like like the Simpsons Apu, right? Like it, 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 it felt or, or, that. Or, I mean, Apu is complicated, but at least you can say that over time they've kind of tried to round out Apu. But this was definitely this was like early Apu, where it's just like you walk in the corner store and here's the stereotype. Ha ha ha! Yeah, didn't make any um, sense. Considering it, it, that, like, the never, rest of the show is based. Yeah, <laughs> like, part of why I wanted to draw attention to the fact that over time they've righted some of the wrongs with Apu, at least uh, this is not according to me, this is according to people that, you know, have... I've never been a Simpsons guy. Had, that, that I, yeah, I'm not a Simpsons person, that's why I'm specific. I, like, I don't really... 
I can't say what I was. Uh, I was a Power Rangers kid. I wasn't a Simpsons kid. <laughs> I watched um, some Simpsons as a kid, and I did like it. And especially, let me tell you. Okay, this is total derail, but this is fun for the pod. Let me tell you my funniest Simpsons childhood story. Um, I ha- invited this kid over one time. He came from kind of a religious family, but he was kind of cool. So I thought, you know, we can hang out and like, maybe he'll like be a little cooler away from his family kind of thing. Cause I had hung out at his house once and it was a little awkward. Uh, and so I was like, why don't you come over to my house next time? It'd be more fun, you know? And so we're having a good time. We're playing video games and shit. And then I'm like, oh, it's time for the Simpsons. Let's watch the Simpsons. And he's like, I'm not allowed to watch the Simpsons. And I'm like, who cares, dog? You're at my house. And I put on The Simpsons. He started crying. Why? Because <laughs> he was like, I'm going to get in trouble. I was like, you're not going to get in trouble, dog. You like, your mom's not going to know, homie. It's totally fine. Let's just watch The Simpsons. <laughs> That's like Catholic guilt right there. I man. never hung out with that kid again. I was like, fuck that. Yo, I had an experience like that with this one guy. And it was because... Uh, he i invited him over i was like yo we're mad cool online or whatever let's let's go hang out and we're cool at school too because it was like a high school bud um so we hung out outside of that we were watching this anime <laughs> we're watching lucky star and i'm watching the dub and he turns to me he says no no i can't do this right clicks it Clicks vocal track, Japanese subtitles, English, and I'm listening to a bunch of high pitched Japanese schoolgirl voices, and I'm like, I'm never hanging out with this person ever again. <laughs> and I proceeded to never do it again. Damn, damn, it's like that sometimes. Yeah. Ridiculous. It's just sometimes, you know, there's the vibe killer. You go to you go to the movie theater with your homie and they start talking to you while the movie's going. Liz, this is gonna sound terrible, but there's <laughs> this guy in high school we call Buzzkill. And here's oh, the thing. No. I people are gonna think, wow, Kennedy, you were a bully. Okay, yes, I was. But also <laughs> um this guy literally would would just roll up to conversations that he wasn't in and like say random Deadpool quotes. And keep in mind that I went to high school before those movies came out. I'm talking about the comic book. No. Cringe. Yeah. Yeah. And like, we were like, please stop doing stuff like that. And he wouldn't. And he insisted on hanging out with us. So eventually we just called him Buzzkill. And we were like, you can hang out. But we are going to make this somewhat unpleasant that, for you. You know what? I think like Deadpool era was like the beginning of cringe culture. People talk a lot about Joker guys in high school, but Deadpool guys, much worse. Deadpool guys were the like, what about that hug though type it's guys? Literally. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Speaking of stereotypes. Okay. Um, yeah. Power Rangers. Professor Cornelius is pretty, like, not really there. And the times he is there, he's good. I liked him. Yeah. I, I was actually shocked because I thought at first I was like, I'll probably be iffy on that guy, but like, he pro- we probably won't see that much of him. So it's okay. But I was wrong on the first and right on the second. We didn't see that much of him. But actually, many of his gags kind of landed. Like, yeah. 
whoever was doing the comedy writing this season actually knew something about what they were doing and applied it to this character uh, in a way that is like, I mean, f- Bulk and Spike could never. <laughs> yeah, there like, was no real Bulk and Spike or Bulk and Skull type comedic relief character because Cornelius had a function too. Um, and, and which is funny. It, it would be really cool if Professor Cornelius was also the dude from the Zio uh, preview. <laughs> Remember that shit? Yeah. Where they were like hyping up Power Rangers Zio. It's coming. And then like they were like playing the fucking X-Files shit. He was the guy in the barn. Mm-hmm. That would be really mm-hmm. cool. That'd be cool. Um, but um, yeah. Uh, Really, like, he here's, was pretty good. Gosei was... Yo. Hold on. Before we get to Gosei. Okay. The, the, the thing that actually really, really made Cornelius work is that, yes, he was sometimes the butt of jokes, and he was comedic relief in that way, but it wasn't in a punching down way. And Cornelius was also presented as a quirky and eccentric but very knowledgeable old man that you could legitimately go to to learn things and so like unlike the bulk and spike jokes which were largely punching down at bulk's weight and that was the majority of their jokes in last season hated it cornelius's jokes are like he's quirky he's smart but he's a little weird like that's totally yeah they don't make him creepy nothing he's not creepy he's just a slightly weird old science guy that's like a totally you're not you're not punching down by making that guy the butt of jokes sometimes you know and like that i think is really important and a crucial shift Mm -hmm. so yeah cornelius works really well like shockingly well, and again, it's you don't see that much of him, and then when you do, it just it works. A lot of his gags are really good. This is like getting a little out of order, but we usually do in season reviews anyway. But like, I think his best. Nah, gag we're straight was, up back on our bullshit. We're gonna go yeah, episode by episode. It's gonna be a two and a half hour review of Power Rangers. I, it, 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 the fuck it, in. It, it, we'll see exactly what we get to, into, but yeah, it's gonna be some bullshit. <laughs> but I will just say like. Cornelius has this gag in this one episode where this monster is making these terrible sounds. He's like, I, people say I'm tone deaf, but I know what I like. This is good music. And it's just like guitar, like feedback in a very unpleasant way. And he's yeah. just like getting down in the hallway. That was funny. Like, and anyone can laugh at that. And no one is like, who's harmed by that joke? You know? Yeah. It's just like good, clean, innocent it's fun for it's fun for the kids it's fun for kids it, but even at my age too it was also like i got a little chuckle out of that oh, that's fun it's a fun moment yeah yeah and most of his moments just kind of had that quality so i like that go say good mentor you know what Solid. he let the rangers make the decisions he let the he... rangers do their job didn't get in the way Alerted when there was danger. Sometimes simplicity is is all that you really need. And like Gose kind of just points them a little bit in the right direction and lets them go. And then the Rangers do a really good job of just kind of like training Gose... themselves in this way that doesn't feel unnatural, that builds on that. 
Cause like they set up some of their own kind of like training stuff out in the woods where they're like they have like these jugs of water and you know th- and they're like they're setting up targets and they're doing sword practice and stuff. It's like the rangers are really self motivated in this very natural way where it doesn't feel like oh they're already all martial arts experts or something like that. It's like they're just kind of like naturally trying to teach themselves to do this better. How do we get these powers? Oh, the gems, dude. I enjoyed Gosei, and to that extent, I also enjoyed the comedic relief Alpha 6 character. Yeah. Tetsu. He gets less uh, annoying. I, I know I bitched about him a little in the intro, but he gets a, a, a fair bit less annoying. They, they make his quips pretty short and sweet, and it's just fine. Alpha 6 without the III turns out really good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should have never added that one <laughs> Yeah, maybe, huh? I am Spawn. Maybe. (laughs) Oh, wait, but we'll get into that this season. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we got got much worse things. In one of the few critiques we will be having of this season, we'll get into that. So, uh, mainly, all of this is to say, a lot of the basic setup for this season that we don't want to spend a lot of time rehashing over and over as we go over these episodes is pretty fine some of it lacks a little bit but it's that's kind of the exception most of it is good um we're talking like sixes right go say like a seven go say go say i think for sure is like a seven unobtrusive not amazing but good honestly i give cornelius a seven too he could have been in donnie darko or something who's cornelius the professor? Yeah, Cornelius is like a seven for sure. Yeah, I think that's his name. It's Cornelius. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm getting too high. <laughs> uh, I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I think like you're reflecting that. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> um, so we went over the intro, which was a perfectly fine one episode intro. No bullshit. Uh, it wasn't the greatest thing ever, but it was nice and simple and straightforward in a lot of ways that we really liked. We found a lot of things there, not like exceptional, but just like sort of good, adequate. I said fine a lot during that episode. We might do that again today because <laughs> like there's some of that here too. This is not, I'll just say this up front, we're not going to give this a 10 at the end. You know, <laughs> it definitely tried though. It tried. I, I. This is enjoyable. I do want to really emphasize and that I, this is a very enjoyable watch. Honestly, if they fixed one issue that I have with it that I probably won't stay till later in the episode, I would be like, this is like a nine, nine and a half. You might, maybe you catch me on a day where I'm like, hmm, this is some, this is some Kino. But th- there's, uh, there, there's just some flaws with the show that continue throughout to the end that I feel prevented from reaching those heights. But what you have here, even in the beginning, I was still like, Oh no, like this is good and watchable, which means the rest of the season must take a shit. Yeah. It has (laughs) to fall off at some point. I kept thinking to myself and then it didn't. So maybe, maybe that was preventing the pogs, but I remember I started having pogs at like episode three, episode five. Definitely. Let's get into it. Cause I want to start talking about 
some of these moments. So, mm-hmm. so the intro is Mega Mission. After that, we've got He Blasted Me With Science. Some of these titles are actually like, okay, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, especially, like, compared to... Samurai titles were bad. We didn't talk about that much, but, like, the episode titles were universally really bad. <laughs> I just want to say that really quickly. Yeah. Um, so, uh... Uh, so Creepbox is the villain in episode two. Um... And uh, Creepox is like, he kind of pulls some like catch me outside stuff with Troy. He's like, I want to face you, but at your best. <laughs> and like sort of like taunts him a little towards the beginning of the episode. I can't remember exactly how it goes, but it is, there's like a, Troy was like, I don't want to fight you kind of though. So this is kind of like the first hints of like, the Power Rangers are like they're they're kind of defensive this season, and they they're really trying not to escalate shit. They're and, so, so this, tanky this season. Yeah, like they're really their like, attacks don't feel that impactful, but my god, can they take some hits? <laughs> it's true. Yeah, they've been like just buffing that armor stat for days. Yeah, <laughs> they even they even give you some scenes. They yeah, literally Gia doing put on more arms and shit. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, suits, amazing. Maybe the best suits ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, definitely contenders. Yeah, definitely contenders. Mostly the episode starts with, so we, we know that, like, Creepox, like, really wants to, like, have this, like, he, it's kind of almost like a... A little bit of like shades of uh, Decker from last season. He's like, I want, I want, a, I want a great battle with you, Troy. And Troy's kind of being like, dude, I don't. This isn't fun for me. Like, I don't know why you're in, like getting enjoyment out of this. More, uh, it's more overt and more smartly written, or not even more smartly written. Oh, it's yeah, smartly it's written. Way, well, and I mean. Again, there's this big twist that, like, unlike Jaden, who just kind of, like, was more willing to give into this shit, Troy really puts his foot down and is like, I'm not fighting for fun. And just, like, establishes that really hard in this episode, which is a great, honestly, way to set up your Red Ranger to make him, like, a little bit cooler. And it works well with, like, episodes that come later. Troy is definitely our worst Ranger in most respects, but... There's certainly moments for him, and this episode has a few. So we get some, like, slice of life around town uh, before things get too crazy. Jake is, like, really trying to get with Gia and, like, walks her home from school. That, that honestly, a lot of those scenes play pretty well. Like, he's a little bit fumbling, but not in, like, a goofy, like, oh, look at the dumbass strike out with the girl kind of way. Just like a, just like a, he's just, like... Do I have a shot? Do I not? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And he's back and forth doubting himself. Noah uh, runs into uh, their teacher. Mr. Burley is his last name. What's his first name? I want to make sure. Is it Cornelius? <laughs> I swear to God it's Cornelius, but it's, I can't find it. I thought it was Cornelius, too. It just says Mr. Burley on the wiki. What the fuck? They definitely <laughs> said his first name in the show at some point. <laughs> Okay, well, Mr. Burley, the fucking teacher... God damn it. Mr. Burley... <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Noah like goes back after class to like get something he left in the classroom, and Mr. Burley's got this like conspiracy board. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they, again, uh, this is just like all of this. These scenes mostly worked. This is just a great example of one that definitely did. Mr. Burley's like got this conspiracy board, and uh, uh. Mr. Burley's like, do you believe in aliens, Noah? And Noah's like, I, yeah, I guess I kind of do. <laughs> um, and Mr. Burley's like, I think science will one day explain all these things that we can't explain now. And Noah's like, oh, yeah, you know, this, since I'm a Power Ranger now, honestly, I have to give you some credit. <laughs> um, and so there's just like some slice of life stuff. That's kind of nice. But then, you know, of course, that can't last forever. All this fun stuff. Um, so, uh, Admiral Malcor, uh, who is, like, one of the important-ish lieutenant villains, like, sends someone to uh, start, like, studying the humans. Because we start to learn right away, like, this is all a part of, like, a big elaborate alien invasion which is actually an amazing meta plot that works really well for this season and has like good stakes and things like that something power rangers often struggles with so yuffo is the first monster that they fight in this episode and yuffo is here to like basically abduct humans <laughs> it's like some like alien abduction yeah exiles you... close encounter shit going on <laughs> Yeah, this is when you kind of, like, start to understand that, like, the villain isn't fucking around this season. Yeah. Like, they're hardcore about their human genocide. Definitely. So, the rangers get, like, a couple of the rangers get, oh, it's uh, Jake and Gia get there first because they're on their walk. That's what it is. And then they get a little overwhelmed. The rest of the rangers have to show up. Um, I really liked to... it. It was so sweet. Gia was kind of reciprocating too, which yeah, is kind of no, sweet too. It, 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 they actually like, it's like fucked up because everything that they couldn't do in Samurai, they're like effortlessly doing here. We've already in this second episode had comedy that worked. We've had romance that's working on screen. Like, what? Yeah, and like what there's like <laughs> on-screen chemistry between the two. Yeah, and it feels appropriate, like the levels of it and everything. It's just like it all has, I don't know, it's it's well balanced. Yeah. In its approach and it's not too much, it's not too little. It's like a good B plot for most of the season. It's like, oh, Jake would really like to confess his feelings to Gia, but should he? He's not sure. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and she knows too, especially after a certain point. Like I think it's like this episode or after this episode that she has a conversation with Emma, and uh, Emma is like, "Jake's into you, you know," and she's like, "Really? I didn't notice." But like <laughs> the way the way she said, so like at first I'm like, "Oh man, come on," because it's. Gia kind of has wooden acting, but then maybe it's kind of purposeful. It's like Time Force Yellow, but good. <laughs> she's a little, yeah, she's a little aloof, and so overall, it kind of works out. Every for, just to just to put throw this out there, everybody's acting at certain points is wooden. 
especially with Troy, the Red Ranger, which is why we give him such a hard time. But this is like the best of the best of that. Because the writers didn't tune their writing skills to how wooden the actors are. They instead just they instead just wrote what they wanted to write. And then, you know, it, it went through the filters after that point. So I would argue that Emma's problem is less becoming wooden and occasionally just turning into ooh-woo voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she definitely does the ooh-woo voice, especially in the, the voiceovers on the Ranger Sometimes parts. Sometimes it's fine, but then occasionally she'll just be like, Woo, we got to fight the monster. And you're like, what's going on? (laughs) 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 Um, So, uh, uh, the Rangers have the typical episode two problem. They can beat the monster on the ground, but then the monster gets big. Oh, no. Gosei is like, hey, here's your Mechazords. They're just called Mechazords. We're not, we're not getting fucking crazy this time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the Zord fights this season. And I know exactly why I don't like them. And it's not because they're visually unappealing. It's because they're noisy. So many voice lines that are long. Go say great Megazord. Combine. Go say great Shark Zord. Combine with, you know, like 27 other things. Victory charge barrage. Yeah, I would and you're say like, out of bro, I don't care. There were like maybe two great Zord fights. It was pretty pog, though. I know exactly the Zord fights you're talking about. But like, yeah, man, that shit sucks. Like, it's just it's too noisy to enjoy what's going on on screen. Your mind kind of just turns off. It there were some really puddle. bad sound effects with some of the swords, too. Like, I noticed there was one in particular that just literally sounded like a like messy diarrhea. Every time <laughs> no. they, it was it was like <laughs> you're just like, what? <laughs> oh, no, I don't remember that. It had that like like slowly dribbling. You don't need. Nah, we're good. Down. We're good. Moving like, on. All right. I was like, yeah, the regular fights why? though. <laughs> especially because some of the sound effects are really good. I think this season. Yes, um, the regular fight sound effects are really good. Yeah, like some of the sound design this season is pretty solid. So it's annoying that like some of the sound design in certain aspects, especially the sword fights, was occasionally really off because the rest of the time it's great. And you're just like, what the fuck's going on? (laughs) Yeah, this time it felt like they put a lot more effort into like sword clashes and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. Laser sounds are like Mm -hmm. top tier this season in general. Yep, yep. Um, Yeah. But yeah, the, the sword fight... Not that exciting, not that, you know, whatever. They win. And then uh, we don't get the full <laughs> resolution of, like, the Creepbox thing yet here either. It's basically just, like, the battle with... Uh, Creepbox Yuffo. is, like, the, the military general, one of the military generals to the prince, right? Yeah. And then I think the problem is is that the prince is largely forgettable until the end. With those villain scenes. But Creepox was good. Yeah, Creepox Brock... was really like legitimately getting annoyed with the Rangers to the point of like spazzing out and like talking back to the prince and shit. 
Yeah, Creepbox talks some shit. Al- Admiral Malcor also gets in some lines here and there. Um, but Vra- Rock, at this point especially, is totally forgettable. He just appears a little bit, and he's like, ah, yes, conquer Earth. <laughs> yeah, which their plan is, it's a brilliant plan. So they're aliens, but they are like alien insectoids. But they're imperialist alien insectoids. So they're, they're like... very imperialist. So we're like, okay, we're going to genocide the humans so that way insects can rule, and then we're going to subjugate the insects. Fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the meta plot is good, but the villain himself rocks. Yeah, whatever. Not that great. He has yeah. his moments later on, but like right now, especially super forgettable, like I said. Um, but yeah, there is this looming serious threat. Uh, and yeah, very imperialist. This is the eco-socialism versus uh, imperialism season. Who, who yeah. would have it? It's like the opposite of Wild Force, whereas Wild Force was eco-fascism uh, versus, uh, I don't know what. Um. <laughs> <laughs> eco-fascism versus libertarian right, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it was like they're both fascists, but one of them's like, let's have some trees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this this is definitely like... does feel like another Wild Force take too, because the environmentalism is very forward. Yeah, it's very forward, especially as we get going. So, anyway, this episode basically ends with them, you know, just having their, their battle with the. Uh, Yuffo, this like creepox uh thing still hanging over their head and also uh jake and to a lesser extent gia learn a little bit of a lesson that like hey we got to work as a team we can't, can't be split up around. like that yeah because yeah. the whole thing when they find the monsters on the walk they're like oh let's just try to take them before we ask for help and yeah it's like, no you should have called the team immediately and they they kind of learned that you know so just a good, like, here's the Zords for the first time team bonding episode. It's not that special, but it's, like, at least a six. It's, it's totally watchable. Yeah. Um, after that is uh, going viral. Uh, this episode is amazing. This yeah, one, I was going to say, I think I remember this being fucking amazing. This is, like, this, this episode, when we finally do our retroactive best and worst for this season, this is a contender for a best episode, for sure. Um. So, uh, this episode is basically about Jake and Noah's friendships. So that's the Blue and Black Rangers. And it's such a sweet friendship. Like, it really is. It's yeah. actually, like, totally endearing, totally likable, totally believable. It's got that, like, quality where, like, they give each other a little bit of trouble sometimes and a little bit of, like, can be a little bit impatient with each other the way friends can be. But they're also, like, it's, again, it's not over the top. It's 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 believable. They're still mostly like nice to each other the way actual friends are, you know? Yeah. Like you're with your real friends, you razz each other occasionally and then you spend the rest of the ch- time like giving each other hugs and high fives. You know? Like that's that's how it should be. And that's this whole episode is that. Like really. So, uh it starts with Jake um has uh his weapon is the snake axe. 
Um, and uh, he brings it to Noah, and he's like, Noah, you're the science guy. Do you think you can maybe make some adjustments to this? And Noah's like, I could try, you know? It's, I don't understand the technology fully, but like, I could take a look at it and give it a shot. There's some really great moments where it starts with basically Noah is thinking about like how much he looks up to Jake. And he's kind of wondering, like, am I good enough to be a Power Ranger? Like, my best buddy here, I know he's good enough to be a Power Ranger. He's amazing. But am I as good as this guy? And he's kind of having those thoughts. And it's especially, it all starts with he, he can't even lift up this, like, heavy-ass axe that Jake uses. Yeah. Like, in a combat stance. Like, he can move it around barely, but, like, he couldn't, like, he couldn't raise it to, like, attack someone, you know? Yeah. Um... And so he's having some thoughts like, damn, am I, am I good enough for this? Um, in the meantime, uh, the, ep- the monster of the episode is Virox, which is uh, kind of this stink bug themed monster. Yo, this one was creepy as fuck. Pretty creepy, yeah. It had this like sneeze virus thing. Like it's it, turning people into fucking, what's the name? Loogies. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the default awful monster. Game. The default monster this time is Loogies. It's not Disgusting. the absolute worst name we've ever heard, but it's down there. Um, <laughs> so, uh, like, if there's one thing from the '90s you didn't need to bring back at all, yeah, it's gross kind of out behavior. humor. Yeah, yeah. I fucking hate so, that shit. So, uh, especially like this, I don't know. Um, so, Loogies whatever so the the <laughs> humans are getting turned into loogies though because of this virus so basically it's like covid yeah um <laughs> you gotta, gotta put your mask on wash your hands and shit but nobody has their masks on fuck because it's america not japan circa 2013 at troy g and emma get there first and then uh, Jake and Noah show up a little later, but then Jake realizes that they left the axe back at the school. And by the way, he's totally cool about it. He's like, this is my fault. I'm not blaming, I'm not blaming you, Noah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and so he has to run back to go get it. Um, in the meantime, uh, like, the battle gets really rough. By the time Jake gets back, like things are not going so well, <laughs> and then as soon as, almost as soon as Jake gets back, he gets like taken out of the fight. He gets knocked the fuck out. Yeah. Like again, Noah's been having this like, damn, am I as good as Jake? Thoughts in this episode, and so now he's like, he's like trying to push on, but like his best friend is down. The other Rangers are kind of fucked up. There's too much shit going on. People are turning into monsters. This shit is going bad all around him. So he decides to try to wield the axe. Um, and, uh, he can like barely lift it, but he's like, I have to try because like, I need a weapon that can actually like break through this bug's armor. Um, and he's like, just barely able to like, finally like get the axe into the monster's weak spot with like that like this is the only blow i've got kind of energy you know yeah (laughs) when you don't Uh, have enough points into strength and you're trying to lift up a fucking great axe (laughs) 
And it's like you're getting the warning on screen that it's like your character will take 50% damage if you yeah. attempt this attack. You're and like, you go for the two-handed yo-hello. <laughs> it works. Uh, the monster gets big. Uh, Noah gets a new power card, which allows him to summon the Sea Brothers Zord. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got to know they're bros. We got we to gotta lock that in. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> it's fun. I don't mind. They destroy the the virus and the monster and everything. Um and then the episode ends with um basically like kind of things turning around and like Jake being like, Noah, you're so fucking cool, goddamn. Like, I was totally <laughs> taken out in that fight and you beasted it and you're smart. And you're, like, good at all kinds of stuff. What the hell? And Noah's like, ah, dang. I should have been feeling so insecure. Me and my homie, we're both awesome. We're both the best. The end. (laughs) And then, also, though, one final side note is, uh, Noah makes the axe lighter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) While he's making the adjustments. And at first, Jake's like, I don't know about it being lighter. But then he's like, ah, actually, it's pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, great episode. Really... Really fun, really positive. Noah learns to believe in himself more. Um, also, like I said, their friendship just really on display. Everything just really positive here. Yeah. Honestly, I dig Black and Blue Ranger together as a pair. I know as, the, as it went on, it more became of different pairings afterward that made it a lot more interesting too. But to start, I think the pairing formations were great. These two really help nail the first couple episodes and also our other pairing, of course, which we'll get to soon enough. Troy, Gia, Emma? No, I was just thinking, you know, just Emma, Gia, the way that they start off is just really strong, too. It's a unicorn relationship. (laughs) Troy's their unicorn? I guess, yeah. He's the new kid. I mean, they've obviously been together for a while. Can I just say, there are a couple of scenes that are like... Between Emma and Gia? Pals? Question mark? Emma and Gia? Yeah. The, lo- the locker scenes. The locker scenes. It's such so like an obvious one, tell. The one when they're in the woods and they're taking the Yeah, I was thinking that too. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute, though. Uh, <laughs> oh, so the next episode Stranger <laughs> I love this episode. I finally remember what it was about. <laughs> Which episode is this? Stranger Ranger. This is the one where... So, uh, I'll keep this recap a little shorter because this episode kind of has less meat on it, but it was a fun one at least, and it was totally like an enjoyable watch, I thought. Um, there's this guy at the cafe that's claiming to be the Red Ranger, and he's making a big stir, and he's gathering all these crowds, and people are listening and tell these stories. And all the actual Power Rangers are, like, sitting at their table snickering, like, oh, my God, this is so cringe. And they're like, should we do something about it? And they're like, no, let's just watch it go down. Yeah. (laughs) And so they're just, like, and this is great because these are very secure in themselves Rangers. And this is an episode that really helps establish that. They're not like, oh, what? He's trying to take our credit or something like that. They're just like damn, this is kind of funny. And they just sit there and watch and laugh about it. (laughs) Yeah, because they know eventually he's going to have to back it up. 
Yeah, and Troy especially is like, the other Rangers are like, he's claiming to be the Red Ranger, are you going to say something? And Troy's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> this plot goes back and forth. Um, they fight Creepox some in this episode, and then they also fight this monster, Dragonfly, uh, which is Dragonfly monster. You probably guessed that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, the, most of the fights aren't that exciting. The big moment, of course, is, you know, uh, there's a fight right outside the Juice Cafe at one point, and the guy who's been claiming to have, be the Red Ranger has this big crowd, and the crowd's like, there's monsters out there. Are you going to go fight them? And he's like, yeah. And to his credit, he goes out there and, like, tries to, like, talk shit to the monster for a second. Yeah. Like, he really he really gives it his all. Yeah. The rangers save him. And, uh, they're mostly pretty nice about everything, but then they do fuck with him just a tiny bit. Because, like, after they save him, they, like, take him out to their training area or something. What do they do? They, like, take no, him somewhere. No, they go they... to train to try and figure out how to beat the villain. And then the dude's spying on them. And they know he's spying on them. So they, like, morph up and go to talk to him. And they're like, dude, can you fucking stop? No, but and he's first like, they, like, oh, they, they literally fuck with him. They're like, they're like, here, no, you could be a ranger too, maybe, like us. Here, take this sword. I forget exactly what it is. I'm, like, paraphrasing exactly what happens. But they're like, take this sword. Try to, like, hit this tiny target as it's moving or something. And he, like, can't do whatever they're asking him to do. And he starts to, like, like fall down and, like, almost, like, cry. And they're like, yeah, dude, it's harder than it looks, okay? Like, you're cool and all, but don't do that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like that moment when, like, you're... Your like manager is talking shit, and you're like, "You run this machine. <laughs> you know how, right?" <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's exactly like that. I I for sure uh, give uh, the confidence of an average white man. <laughs> yeah, definitely. This is this. <laughs> God, this episode is woke. What the fuck? How is this season so good? <laughs> <laughs> this is like an average cis straight white guy with nothing going on. And he's like, I could claim to be the red Power Ranger. Fuck it. I'm important. I could beat Selena Williams at tennis. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> I could start a boxing career off the back of a YouTube career. Although, actually, that did work out for one of the Paul brothers. So, I don't know, it's a mixed comment. <laughs> oh man yeah like it was definitely uh the best comparison that this episode has is to lightspeed rescue the chad episode that we enjoyed so much that was there like a contender for best speed vibes going on in this season yeah because it's very direct action heavy yeah and defensive and socialisty. yes yeah so next up another great episode maybe not quite as good as black and blues episode but we've got gia and emma have their special episode united we stand i love this episode all i'm saying is it's maybe just like a hair not as good 
as Jake and Noah's, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm even, maybe I could be convinced. Honestly, on a rewatch, I don't even know how I'd feel. <laughs> yeah, this, this is the gals be pals question mark one. <laughs> there is, this is a bit of energy to this episode. <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> I was like, Gia, I think, at first I was like, I think Gia might just be lesbian just because of the way that she said in reference to Jake's relationship. She was like, eh, I could kind of care less. Yeah. And then this episode comes on. I'm like, oh, yeah, confirmed. But then it just, Gia just goes every way in this one. I think for the most part, she just comes out the other end like Pan. She just doesn't Chaotic care. bisexual. <laughs> no. She had, there's a scene with the sixth ranger that gets really weird. Oh, she <laughs> is hot for the robot. Yeah. Yeah, she's <laughs> like a, she's got like Tumblr fetishes. <laughs> <laughs> she's a secret Tumblr user circa yeah, 2013. Yeah, there's that scene where he leaves and she she like bites her lip and shit. There's actually two scenes that are relevant that I remember. Um, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, uh, so so G and Emma go uh, mountain biking, and they're looking for a rare flower, uh, like a super super rare flower. Um, that's one of those like short blooming flowers. Nothing romantic about any of this, by the way. I, I would never, I would never, I would never suggest to do that as an ultra romantic looking date. for a flower in the woods together alone. So they get some pictures of the flower, and then they also take some pictures together. Here's where it really gets gals be pals. Yeah, oh my pictures. god, they're just like looking at each other, like, like. Take me home right now. I'm ready. <laughs> the energy on screen, man. That was that was something. They head back and they're like, "Okay, we'll print these photos." Uh, but Gia's like, you know, don't print, don't don't show anyone the really silly ones though, because that's you know, I don't want to. <laughs> Like that, that's that part, especially. I was like, oh my god, there's something going on between these two. Like, oh yeah, we took a bunch of photos together, but we kept some of them secret, they're just for us. Yeah, I have to give the I have to give the uh, the perception that I'm a tough girl, hmm, not a silly goofball. I gotta give the perception that I'm a straight girl. they're headed back to town and they're going to go get the photos printed and they meet up with everybody else. Um, but the, the, uh, the villain this time, Bizarra, <laughs> a, a bee theme, a bee theme enemy. <laughs> uh, B- Bizarra. Uh, Bizarra has... The power to make people mad at each other. Oh no, we've never seen this before in the Power Rangers. 
but it's it's okay. It's fine, as I like to say about Megaforce. I mean, you might have noticed by now, but it seems like they've just, like, Chaim Saban was like, fuck, what are the best episodes from the 90s Power Rangers? Let's just fucking do them again. <laughs> and, like, modernize it, and it, it, it still fucking bangs. Remember when uh, Billy started measuring skulls? Fuck, man. <laughs> Let's bring that back. Let's bring that back. <laughs> we're, having a, we're having a skull. Sorry, poor analogy. Skull. My bad. That was a deep cut. <laughs> my bad. Stop the, stop the hate master or whatever. That episode. That one. <laughs> uh... <laughs> uh also this is the first time we see Vrock. Vrock is involved in some of this attack. He's only there for like a minute and then he's like, You've got this bizarre, I'm out. Um <laughs> He's like it's, interested it's, it's in he chaos. He really doesn't got it. But he's like very, very interested in chaos. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because you'll see in a later episode why I say that, but I think here. Like you said, he makes a more profound appearance here, and I think it's because he's flipping human society on its head. He loves doing that shit. It adds to his character later on, but here is when you you kind of start to see it. I mean, essentially, Rock is like, uh, so like when a when a Latin American nation becomes socialist, the CIA sends these agent saboteurs over there to cause trouble before we send boots on the ground, right? And that's Vrock. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, he's, he's here to agitate, do propaganda, like, instill fear, do terrorism. Like, that's his job. That's his only job. And it's, yep. just to, it's just to lay the groundwork for a full-scale invasion of Earth. You, you know something? Um, you know what really brought me down to Earth recently? Uh, there was an appreciation post on the subreddit Power Rangers over Eric Myers. And I was like, oh, man, like one of my favorite libertarian portrayals on screen television and about how like an ethnic minority is <laughs> propped up by big business and all this other shit. I got no upvotes. One comment that said, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I have brain worms. It's okay. <laughs> So yeah, back to the episode. Brock's just like, yeah, I'm just here to create chaos so that we can lay the groundwork for invading Venezuela. <laughs> I mean Earth. Um and uh Yeah. Uh, uh but but once once he gets his fill of the chaos, he's just like, Bizarra, you got this. Even though again, she clearly does not got this. Uh and Creepbox also has to get involved a little bit. He's like always involved in these first like whatever, however uh, he dies on like episode eleven, I think. I don't know, somewhere around there. Uh, but he's up till then. He's just, like always making an appearance too. These guys, all these villains, they just love chaos, and a lot of them are like kind of interestingly written and have like fun powers of the week, which works what relatively well. Even Bizarra, this is kind of true of, even though like her powers are like things that we've seen before. 
Um, Generally speaking, though, the acting, specifically the voice acting, you know, over the scenes and everything, I think help to the fact that even though some of the archetypes have been done before and some of the tropes have been done before, the performances are consistently good. There's a few exceptions, but they're always interesting enough to the point where you want to pay attention to them. Yeah, there's a few even exceptions, as and it's almost head. always Troy. <laughs> yeah. Well, Troy... We'll get into Troy. I okay. think that uh, I think the next episode after United We Stand, I think, is when Troy starts going on that uphill climb. Yeah, for sure. Um, he started watching Mighty Morphin more. He was like Jason. Jason. Yeah, he was gotta just, be like Jason. watching Jason and taking notes every night after filming. G and Emma get hit with Bizarra's blast that makes them mad. Uh, and. Uh, they they get mad at each other, and they fight over the photos and stuff, and storm off. And then uh, Jake and Noah are hanging out at the school, and uh, <laughs> Noah's like fucking around on the computer, and Jake's like, "Come on, let's go play soccer." And Noah's like, "Give me a minute, I'm fucking around on the computer." <laughs> and then. Jake's like, wait, we we really got to go outside. And Noah's like, give me a minute. Jake's like, no, there's monsters out there. <laughs> <laughs> so they get there, and then the rest of the team arrives not long after. But Gia and Emma, they're not working together. They're yelling at each other. They're they're being crazy. They're they're fighting. They're they're never like this. What the fuck's going on? Bizarra yeah. comes on the scene. Yeah, Bizarra is. Like, oh yeah, here's where it gets. Here's this is why you like this episode. It's because it gets <laughs> fetishy. Wait, what? This is like a turbo episode. Oh yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> I I explicitly like it for the Gia Emma parts, but yeah, this part of the episode is pretty funny. It definitely, I was like, wow, I haven't seen sexualization like this since like <laughs> fucking diva talks in the pizza. <laughs> I, this was on that level uh of that rare extremely horny power rangers um but this time it was like we're gonna be horny for just the boys <laughs> <laughs> so bizarra has the power to just like control mans she could just make make a man follow her <laughs> Um, and so she's like, Troy, Noah, Jake, come lick my boots. Not kidding. This is where this is going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they get like bound and gagged. Bizarra basically makes her case in point to uh, Gia and Emma by saying, hey, listen, boys drool. <laughs> Girls rule. Come on, ladies, let's girl boss out of here. <laughs> let's let's go to brunch and have some margaritas. Yeah. And uh Gia and Emma are not super convinced though. Like, even though like her mind fuckery is working on them somewhat, like they're starting to kind of resist a little bit. Even now. They're like, ah, we don't know if we agree with all this bullshit. 
but they're still fighting with each other a lot, and so that's causing problems. Um, the boys are like, please save us. We're being forced to lick Bizarra's boots. Literally, this is the thing that happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and the girls are like, we might save you, but we hate each other. Ah! Uh, but then Emma's like, wait, there's no possible way we can hate each other. We've been best friends forever. You're my favorite person in the world. You're my one true lover. I'll always be there for you. <laughs> <laughs> and Gia's like, damn. I can't believe I was about to lose that sweet ass over a dumb fight. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they make up. Uh, <laughs> they do a combo attack together. Yeah, they, they, they make up. They do a combo attack together. Emma unlocks some new Sky Brothers Zords. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> they're still sky brothers even though it's it, whatever um, <laughs> <laughs> emma just literally powers through it this is actually a theme of this season a little bit emma the will just spirit. power power through shit yeah i think all the rangers have those moments where they'll just be like no the human spirit must go on yeah but emma in particular will just like break out of things Saiyan? that wouldn't make sense just purely through willpower. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, it, it, it doesn't even feel wrong though, because it just becomes like a feature of her character. It's like, Emma actually has like the strongest willpower of the group. She might seem a little bit like shy or whatever, but that doesn't mean that like, you know, her resolve is in any way lacking. And in fact, when everybody else is like doubting themselves, Emma will just be like, actually, I think we can win this fight. <laughs> they admit to that later on in the season too. Yeah. So that's kind of cool, and you see that here. It's it's very much it's Emma that breaks the spell. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh they work together, they destroy Bizarra, they free the boys, they make a megazord, they fight big Bizarra. It's a very short fight. Uh and then uh they go back to the juice bar. And, um, this is another pals question. Well, okay, first of all, I, I really meant to emphasize when Emma is, like, breaking the spell, she's just, like, remembering these times with Gia, and that is some romantic-ass montage. Yeah. The music is romantic and everything. Like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Like, when Noah was thinking about how cool Jake could be, it was not, it was just like, it was like pump you up music, and he's thinking about his buddy, like, sh fucking throwing a free throw and scoring the basket or whatever, you know, like, like, it was just like, ah, oh, my buddy being cool, you know, it was pretty unambiguous in that regard. This is ambiguous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, at the end of the episode, uh... G and Emma have made up, and they're, like, sitting at the juice bar, all happy, whatever. And then uh, Emma's like, uh, I kind of did a bad thing, though. And Gia's like, what? And Emma shows her the newspaper, and she printed one of the pictures of them being, like, cute and silly in the paper instead of, like, one of the pictures of them looking serious about finding this rare flower. 
And Gia's just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm ready to come out of the closet. And that's how the episode <laughs> ends. It's <laughs> good stuff. She literally does say, she's like, now everyone will know we're best friends. And it's just like, <laughs> huh, okay. It was very sweet. <laughs> very sweet and a little queer-coded. <laughs> <laughs> um up next is harmony and discord this is the worst episode the worst the worst episode definitely one of the weakest episodes there's only really one other that super contends we'll get into that later it's really racist um <laughs> yeah uh this one though just mostly cringe i will say though even this episode is not like a zero. It had a few moments. Um, but basically, this episode starts off with Troy sees Emma. It's very Wild Forest. It's very, or like, actually, I was thinking it was, it was Turbo. I was thinking of the episode with, because uh, this, this one Emma sings, right? <laughs> Yeah, she sings, but I was just... Okay, yeah, I was dead-ass like... thinking of the one where they sung to the Zord. Oh, yeah? They had that <laughs> Zord they had to sing to every time. And then there was, like, a freaking that was Swedish the music video. Wild Force. Easily the best thing about Wild Force. <laughs> Simultaneously the worst thing about Wild Force. Uh. Uh, so, uh... <laughs> Uh, I was thinking though, it, was, it, it felt like it felt like one of those episodes where like Carlos would be like hanging out with the kids' soccer team, and then uh, Pink Ranger would come by and he like hit on her. Oh yeah, <laughs> hanging out at the park for like half the episode. It had those vibes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, Troy sees Emma riding her bike, and he tries to like call out to her but she doesn't hear him. And so, like, uh, he, like, follows her uh, into, like, the park that she's going into, and then, like, eventually she gets off her bike, stops walking, or starts walking, and he catches up to her. And she's like, why'd you follow me? And he's like, I tried calling your name, like, seven times. I'm sorry. <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's reasonable. <laughs> um, and, uh... He's like, I heard you singing. It's really good. And she's like, Oh yeah, um, you know, my I, reminds me of my mom. And this is like the first hint I think that we get that like Emma's parents are like dead. Yeah, she like, like this- does stuff in remembrance of her family, and she also she's also like the type to be like, man, life is great because I've got one more day. And I was just like, you're like fucking 16. What? <laughs> yeah, she she has like the the Even if she was like 19 or 20, I'm like, what? It still doesn't make sense. She Not has to be the iron jaded. nerve of like a 60-year-old with like the they're going through like their third cancer battle like whatever yeah. time I have is good enough for me. Let's go get some coffee or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, Emma has a bit of a traumatized past, it seems like, maybe. Um, 
So uh, Troy and Emma make it to school. Um, but at school, things start to go wrong because this monster Discord... First of all, this monster's awesome because he thinks he's really good at music. And you just got it. It so works so well for this kind of thing. He's he has his lines are just like that guy who really thinks he can shred on the guitar, and it's just like ass. Yeah, he's just like yeah. I'm one of the greatest rock and roll legends of all time. You can <laughs> wait and see my glory's coming. Listen to this one, and it's like <laughs> you're like oh. Damn. Yeah. Uh, this is what I mentioned where the, the teacher, Mr. Burley, is like, this music is awesome, by the way. Uh, so yeah, so Discord shows up, and he's just playing terrible music and making this horrible noise all around town that's driving people crazy. And there's like, okay, this is another reason. I'm going to reference JoJo a bit here, because a lot of these powers felt like they f kind of followed like stand power rules. Because here... You're, when you were exposed to the sound determines how, like, the intensity of it. So, like, if you get exposed later, then you, it's, you have more time before it gets, it, it like, sounds as bad. <laughs> That's like a stand. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what logic is that? What the fuck? <laughs> but isn't that just the way, like, sound moves through the air? Yeah, I guess that is like a stand. Versus it being like a spell, like just a lot of these powers seem to have some aspect of like how close you are to the person doing it when you were exposed to it, things like that, which is like all very stand-like. A lot of stands are like that. It's like, oh, when did the stand touch you, or like, or or when you know when did you move into the enemy stand user's range. You know, and like Discord's like that. It's like once you get in the range of his stand, it's like, oh fuck, this sucks ass. That's horrible sound. But if you're outside of it, you're fine. <laughs> uh, Discord is basically just like causing chaos, making everyone crazy. Troy and Emma, um, because like they got to the school like slightly late, are resisting the power a little bit. Everyone else is like kind of overwhelmed by it and they're like struggling to do anything. So Emma and Troy hatch a plan to defeat Discord. Uh, if you couldn't guess, it's Emma's beautiful singing. Uh, the worst part about this, honestly, is that she's clearly lip syncing and doing a very poor job in this scene. The earlier scene was fine, but this one for some reason is like terrible. Awful. And it's like Awful. it's like the most important scene of the episode is like awful lip syncing. The like point of the episode is how good her singing is, right? This is like victorious on Nickelodeon, right? That's the whole point of the show. Entire in the the whole point of this episode is to showcase her singing ability and my god. Uh she does not do that. Or she just doesn't have it. No. Um, yeah, it 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 sucks. <laughs> um, it's not the worst thing ever, though. I want to be clear again. This episode isn't like a zero. It's just like these cringe moments, though, are so intensely cringe that you can't save the episode. You know. <laughs> 
Like we're so bad. Like you can't. <laughs> with if with this scene in the middle of it, you can't save the episode, even if some of the other scenes are okay. That's yeah, it, it, it like is. torpedoes it so hard. <laughs> uh, this is also. An interesting episode, though, because this is the first time that they really fight Vrock. Like, he's like, oh, I'll give you a taste of my power. It's almost like a Frieza thing or something. Um, Very Frieza. Loved it. Yeah. Very good scene with Vrock. Vrock is mostly forgettable, but that doesn't mean that none of his scenes land. Like, his overall essence as a villain is not very well defined, not very interesting. But just like a lot of the other villains of this season, he still gets in some banger quips and still has some, like, sweet dramatic moments that land. It just, he doesn't feel, like, that exciting, though. It's just like, okay, he's just another guy, though. Yeah, I wasn't, I, I think the problem is, is that Pretty much for like the first, I don't know, 15 episodes. He's just, here you go, minion. This week you create this chaos. Yeah, this is a rare exception to that, honestly. Which is funny because, again, it's a bad episode. So <laughs> kind of wash there. <laughs> uh, the fight on the ground with Brock, though, is kind of cool. And uh, basically, like, he's backing up Discord to, like, so that Discord can just keep playing and, like, driving the town crazy. But also, there's a funny aspect to this episode. I forget which of the lieutenants it is, but one of the lieutenants kind of undermines this plan because he's like, Discord, actually, you suck at a certain point. He's like, he can't do it anymore. Yeah, he couldn't keep up the facade. He was like, no, fucker, you actually suck at making music. And I he's think like, was, what are you talking about? People love it. I think it was Malcor, maybe, or it might have been Creepbox. I can't remember. But one I of, think it was one Creepbox. Of the, one of the lieutenants was like, I can't do this anymore, dude. You are awful. Fuck, fuck you, dude. It's like, it's like uh, when you have to tell <laughs> your rich friend that they just absolutely suck at something. And it's like, no one wants to say it because like, you're at his house and like he's thrown a really great party and there's like tons of drugs or whatever it's cocaine in the bathroom yeah just like unlimited cocaine (laughs) (laughs) you're just like you're just like i don't want to fuck up this party because this is a good time overall but also the host is making an ass of himself and i have to say something (laughs) yeah discord's transmitter gets stopped so rock's like well discord actually i agree your music sucks and uh, the only thing you're good for now is getting real big and fighting a Megazord. Goodbye. <laughs> Eventually, the villains just say, fuck it. We're just going to make them big just in case if maybe they might get a one-up with more power. And in this case, he was just like, ah, you know the drill. Yeah. The Juice Bar owner is also into Discord's music as a much weaker gag. And that's how the episode actually ends, is with some of that shit. I'm not really going to get into it. Yep. Yep. Just torpedo Um, the episode even more. Yep. Yeah, if it wasn't bad enough that you couldn't save the episode already. (laughs) Next up, Who's Crying Now? Amazing episode. (laughs) Yes. 
Yes. You have this to love like, this one in spite of its flaws. I feel like this is like a top 25 IGN best Power Ranger episodes of all time. This is like cracking in there. Somewhere. It has to. It's incredible. Yeah. It's both legitimately good and also at times just like inexplicably enjoyable in spite of being weird and flawed. <laughs> for sure, for sure. It's like a Nicolas Cage movie. Troy is like the Nicolas Cage of Red Rangers, actually. That's actually like a really good way to sum him up. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it has to be like a, like a middling Nicolas Cage performance, which I guess those are hard to come by, right? It, it either goes one way or the other, but that's the joy of Troy. I watched a Nicolas Cage movie recently, actually, that I think is exactly what we're looking for. It was called Willy's Wonderland, and it's Five Nights at Freddy's, but starring Nicolas Cage and off Yo, Pog! And, and, and he doesn't talk. He's silent the whole film, in spite of being the protagonist. And also, a large portion of the film is about him having sex with a pinball machine. I might be exaggerating slightly, but you'll have to watch the movie to know. Um... <laughs> I need to watch this now. Like, I might watch yeah, this tonight. That level, you should. It's really fun. <laughs> uh, that level of Nicolas Cage is, uh, like, that's Troy all the time. Like, he's got that energy where it's just like, it kind of lands in this weird way, but then it's also kind of off a lot. And this episode is a really good example of that. Um, but it all kind of adds up to this whole that's greater than the sum of its parts. Emotionally, I want to give this episode a 10, but I know that spiritually that would be immoral. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I know critically it's not that, but there it, it's like, um, we're going to be bringing up mystic force a lot, but it's kind of like one of those mystic force type deals where like, it's sort of. It, it it sort of just goes from being, like, the best thing ever to being kind of mediocre, you know? Yeah. So Creepbox is ready to throw down. As I mentioned, he's kind of been taunting Troy and trying to get him to, like, like have a big throwdown of some kind with him. And Troy's just been like, listen, I'll fight you if I have to. That's it. And so Creepbox is, like, getting frustrated. He's ready to up the ante, finally. Troy is uh, giving off his best Mariah Carey impression. <laughs> yes um so Vrock's like creepbox are you up to the challenge are you ready to like take on the rangers yourself and defeat them and creepbox is like yeah i got a plan so in the meantime um there's these guys at school roy and barry and they're just high school bullies they're actually pretty well realized high school bullies in like their design and like mannerisms um, felt fairly believable. At first you go, here we go, bulk and skull. But then you're like, actually, no, this kind of seems like, you know, the troubled kids with the bad home lives or whatever, just taking it out on people. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. At first I was like, uh-oh, is this bulk and skull? But then very different energy. Like, these kids, you know, these... These are like the kids who's like, you know, the things are things are just not good. Maybe not even just at home, but in the neighborhood where they live. And like 
going home every day sucks. And so when they get to school, they're taking out all that rage on somebody. And that really shows. It's, it's actually surprising. Again, this episode really has a lot of fine qualities. And so um, they try to pick on Troy in the hallway. And that just goes really poorly because Troy is just like, I'm sorry, are you talking to me? What? Did you say something, you little bitch? I didn't think so. And then just walks away. (laughs) 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 And he's like, hey, you know, bullies, no big deal. And the rest of the Rangers are like, dang, you handled that well. Uh, But then, down the hall, a few minutes later, what do they see? Oh, those these bullies are doing the same routine, but now they're doing it to this kid, Howie, who is, like, clearly a freshman and is, like, a super nerd kind of vibe. Like, they're trying to make him seem like a total, you know, dweeby, can't defend himself, you know, from the, from the jump. So you can tell this isn't going well. Yeah. Um, and Howie has this bug that is like a rare insect in this like kind of capture tube, like insect something. I don't know exactly what it was a weird object, honestly. (laughs) Very science project. Yeah. Uh, And he's like, Hey, this is a, this is a rare bug. Uh, Stop messing around with it. And the bullies are like tossing this thing back and forth. And he's like, you could literally kill this bug. Please stop. Um, and the bullies are just, like, being awful. Um, and so, once again, Troy steps in. Before Come on, I, I skip this setup. something really important, really important setup. Before Troy gets into this interaction, in his first interaction with the bullies, one of the bullies asks him, are you going to cry at one point? Troy goes, you see tears in my eyes. And he sold it. He sold the line. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's going down. Troy about to fuck these people up. Yeah. Uh, important line for this episode. <laughs> Which, by the way, I don't even think I mentioned this. It's called Who's Crying Now? Uh, once again, titles. some of the titles land really well here this season. Like, are actually like kind of fun and fitting. Which, again, we just haven't had a lot of that in some of the recent stuff we've watched. The bullies leave, but then later that day, they find Howie outside of the school with no one else around. And they're like, heh, let's pick on this kid with no one to defend him. And again, like, these guys are like clearly like juniors or seniors, and this kid is a freshman, and it's just like a, this is a, a fight that is stacked from the start. Like, this kid is just going to get curb stomped if these, if these two guys decide to beat up on him. It's not going to be pretty. They go to try to bully Howie, but then the interaction gets turned around when Creepox arrives. And Creepox starts b- bullying Roy and Barry because he's a monster and he's not intimidated by high school bullies. He's like, uh, yeah, I'll just fucking kill you. Like, yeah, Keep I'll fucking with me. I, I, I'm here to destroy your planet. <laughs> What's two little boys to the body count of millions? What's a king to a god? Creepox <laughs> <laughs> um, is like, who has the magnifying glass now? <laughs> Damn, that's a, 
that's an interesting cut. <laughs> interesting cut into into everyone's childhood. Um, <laughs> uh, Creepbox is, just starts like bullying Roy and Barry, and they're scared as fuck right away. They're like, "Oh my god, we're gonna die!" And Howie steps up, and he's like, "Hey, just because you're big and mean doesn't get, mean you get to pick on everybody," which is like sort of echoing something that Troy said, and. The bullies are just like, what the fuck? This this little dork is like gonna get killed for us. What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're like freaking out. And Creepbox is just like, all right, I guess I'll kill you. But then some rangers show up. They fight Creepbox instead. <laughs> Meh. Gah. Force. The fight between Creepbox and, and Troy in particular goes somewhat hard like some of the hand-to-hand combat's pretty good this season and this was like a, an example of like a decent one basically like creepbox kind of whittles down the other rangers and like temporarily like knocks them back or like prevents them from morphing for a minute and then like troy is the only one left and he's still fighting um and creepbox is like trying to get troy to like like slip up in some way but troy's like no no no. i'm gonna use your anger against you like you're the one who's out of control here and i'm gonna prove it troy like almost gets defeated here for a second and uh creep fox is like are you gonna cry for me little earthling some shit and troy once again is like you see any tears yeah Bringing it Are back. There tears in my eyes. Are there tears in my eyes? The second time he said it, though, flubbed. He, he threw the line off somehow for some reason here. I don't know what happened, but uh, he remorphs, um, and like does a big attack, uh, and uh, beats Creepbox ass. Creepbox gets big. Megazord, etc. At the end. Uh, the teens are, like, heading back, like, walking back in a park and, like, kind of recapping and, like, just, like, being chill with each other and, like, friendly and just, like, woo, we did it. We beat Creepbox. This is kind of cool. Um, and then when they get back to the school, they see that they've won another victory uh, because at first you, you're not sure, like, what's going on because Roy kind of, like, jumps in the way of everybody's like, hey, stop. And it's like kind of like almost looking like, oh, is he about to bully them again? But then no, he's helping Howie collect a rare bug, and he's like a chill dude now. And he and Barry are into bugs with Howie now, and it's a happy ending. It's cringe in its presentation. <laughs> oh, it's cringe. I. <laughs> it was too ham-fisted. I know, but this is one of those things where you have to just like accept that it's a kids' show a little bit for me, you know? Okay. I suppose. I think like, it's it's a little like imagine like you know, uh, uh, you know, a nine year old kid watching this, and it's like that would that would land and like teach them something good. Okay, sure. So I it I'll is concede it that is, it is kind of pretty cringe, but I I also forgive it to a large extent. Okay, fair, 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 fair. Um flawed but enjoyable episode yes <clears throat> next up is robo knight the eighth episode which introduces 
Robo Knight. <laughs> this episode is very anime. Yeah, it's very shonen-y. Uh, it's very also it's it's good. Yeah, it's uh, really Robo good. Robo Knight's awesome. Robo Knight is like Blue Centurion plus like Phantom Ranger, but better than both. Yeah, because he never demorphs, right? It, you kind of think like it's gonna be like a Power Rangers, uh, samurai movie type deal, where it's just a ranger that never demorphs, or like SPD, something like or that. I thought at first he might just like demorph later, you know, like we won't see him demorph right away, but then in a later episode he'll be like, "This is who I really am." Take the helmet off, you know. Nah, he's just Robocop. No, he's a robot. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if Robocop was a ranger? And what if based? Robocop wasn't a cop because A Cab? So he's yeah. a knight instead. Yeah. Uh, Robo Knight. Uh, this also, this episode introduces some new um, reoccurring villains that kind of take the place of Creepox, uh, Blue Fur, and Biggs, who both last about five or six episodes. Um. They're good. They're good. Yeah, I like them. Once again, felt a little bit JoJo's Bizarre Adventure to me. Both of them. Also, like, attack the, it attacks the environmentalism issue head on without being awful about it like Wild Force did. Yeah, there's definitely like a critique here where... Uh, the rangers are supposed to be protecting the planet and the environment, but then also humans have failed the environment a lot, and the show gets into that a little bit with these characters in particular. Yeah, because the whole premise of one of the villains is that, or maybe both of them, is that pollution, as pollution grows, they get stronger. Yeah. Yeah, they're the and, mutants. They're and then they were stating... like uh, orgs. Well, the setup, the setup for it, which also brings me back to Wild Force 2, is that uh, the setup for it was that, hey, y'all petitioned, got this uh, contaminating facility uh, closed down, but then never bothered to check up on it. Turns out it's been leaking pollution, and now nobody's been stopping it, and nobody is going to stop it. And it's like kind of like a direct critique if you're an old Power Rangers head to back from like maybe Turbo or MMPR days when uh, they'd be like, oh, we petitioned our local government to shut down this facility and they shut it down and everything's peachy keen. Yeah. And that's cool because it's like it's making it clear like, hey, we have to follow through on all these steps. You know, if we want to yeah. solve this problem. And sometimes solving that is direct eco action. That's right. Some would view this in a very negative light and put a negative word next to that part, but no, it's actually very based. Very <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, so there's this whole thing going on. Basically, they go on a field trip for their class because uh, they're looking for something. I can't remember if it's like flowers or bugs or rocks or what. But they're looking for something out in the woods and they're on this field trip and then they find the old plant and they're like oh yeah that got shut down but it doesn't look like it ever got cleaned up sure enough the monsters are hiding out there eating toxic sludge getting stronger um so they end up having to fight them there and the monsters are like 
You can't claim that you really want to stop this problem. Look at it. You're, you're not stopping it right now. You could stop this today, and you're just not doing it. And the Rangers are like, well, that is kind of fucked up when you put it that way. <laughs> but yeah. also, you suck ass. We're going to fight you. <laughs> um, because, you know, uh, a greater evil is still a greater evil sometimes. And uh, so they get in this fight, but it's, it's really hard. These toxic monsters are tough. Then suddenly, who shows up but this mysterious new Power Ranger? It's the Robo Knight. He looks pretty cool. Very based. Gosei programmed him thousands of years ago. It seemed like the Ice Age to like always protect the Earth no matter the cost. Yeah. And like gave him a bunch of powers and his own zords and shit. Yeah. And Gosei himself kind of admits that like there might have been a few mistakes made in how I did this. Yes. Uh I didn't uh, install dial- dialectical materialism into his thinking. Yeah, there were there were no uh, there were no social sciences, just environmental. And so, like when we first meet Robo Knight, he's almost on the cusp of like, is he an eco socialist or an eco fascist? Does he even know? <laughs> yeah. Um. But he he always ends up ruling on the side of, like, whatever is, like, the most good and protects the most lives and stuff. And he he makes this clear judgment at one point that, like, you know, humans are may cause some of the problems, but they're still one of the things I'm here to protect. Like, they still fall under the category of, like, Earth's ecology. Yeah. Uh, which is a great lesson, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we are a part of natural systems. Uh, so uh, Robo Knight, pretty fucking strong, but he doesn't know if he wants to work with the Power Rangers. The Rangers keep trying to like get his attention, but he's like, I don't know, I do things on my own. And even in the Zord fight, he just summons his own Zords, fights the monster, and the Rangers are just standing there like, What's what's happening? Somebody else is fighting the monster. This is kind of cool, I guess, but also, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, the rangers just aren't at the power level that they need to be at to be able to kill those those boss monsters. But my thing about it is is that like the whole Robo Knight kind of being like, "Nah, I'm not I'm not a ranger." Bye. Like it's presented in such an anime fashion. Yeah. Like, you get these, like, camera angles, and you're just like, oh, yeah, we're going for the close-up shot here? Yeah? All right. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I'm not I... one of you. Yeah, I yeah. am not one of you. Looks away. Walks. <laughs> yeah, lots of fun being had in this episode, for sure. Um, yeah, I will overall. say the follow-up episode was a sleepy episode for me. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so, uh, yeah, so like we said, basically it just ends with that talk we were describing where Gosei and the Rangers are talking. Gosei's like, yeah, I made Robo Knight. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. 
Let me get out the family photo album and all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, next episode is Prince Takes Night. Um, this is basically the Robo Knight has to decide episode. He doesn't fully decide, though, which I, th- the best credit I want to give to this episode is that they leave it lingering in such a way that it becomes like a philosophical question that the show gets to explore, but it doesn't, it's not just like repeating the same, like, will Robo Knight join us or not every episode, you know? Right. It was more or less like humans, these humans over here in specific are trying to protect the Earth from the insectoids invading. Therefore, I'm going to side with the humans, but only yeah. in this scenario. Yeah, he's still not ready to commit that like we're all the same team with them at the end of this episode. But uh, in particular, like the Rangers, basically Robo Knight gets, he gets overly cocky and then he gets trapped in a cage. And uh, I assume the cage is magical or something. I don't yeah, know. I really I didn't like that part of the episode, to be honest with you. That was some Sentai footage that they could have maybe just cut. Um, I was just like, oh, man. I felt my eyes just kind of glaze over. A lot of long, just like Robo Knight fighting a monster montages leading up to this and stuff, too. It's a very sleepy episode. Um, and there's a couple episodes like this that are almost all combat. <laughs> <laughs> They're like the sleepiest episodes in general. Yeah. Um, which is ironic. Uh, so uh, the Rangers are like torn about what to do about Robo Knight a little bit, but they're kind of like, we should, we should try to prove ourselves to Robo Knight because that's what Gosei keeps saying is like, the only way you're going to be able to do this, Robo Knight is like an intelligent being. And if you prove yourself to him and like actually just like get through to him, you have a chance. But that's it. Like you have to just like talk to him. Um, and so the Rangers are like kind of trying to figure out how they might do that. And then they discover that he's in danger, and they decide to go save him. And when they go to save him, Robo Knight's like, "Damn, the Rangers are trying to save me, huh? These guys might be okay." Um, and so yeah, the episode basically ends with like you know this bunch more fighting, and then. Uh, <laughs> Robo Knight at the end is just like, I'm not ready to be like a team with you guys yet, but I respect you more now. But I still think you're wrong about some things. He makes that clear here. Like, he's like, I, I think that like, you know, we can work together on some things, but I think I think some of your principles are wrong. This is like an ideology clash, you know? Yeah. Like a, yeah. Openly. Yeah. Open ideology clash. But at the same time, they're like, but critical support for each other we can form a, a an alliance and do mutual aid you know <laughs> yeah uh so that's pretty based actually very based more leftists need to watch this season <laughs> and i think especially if we were going to get into like our sort of leftist mythos of the show a little bit like Robo Knight is like very solidly, especially once he kind of figures himself out, he's very solidly like the Auth left eco socialist. Uh, whereas like Red Ranger, a little bit more anarchic, 
kind of follows the beat of his own drum a little bit. He's willing to listen to the group always and like take in others' inputs, but also like he's also very willing to follow his own heart if he feels like he just needs to make a decision. Yeah. Uh, so they kind of have this contrasting style of behavior towards each other. Uh, and we're viewing it through a leftist lens, but like that, this contrasting behavior really is like very visible on screen. Yeah. So, uh, it, yeah, it kind it, of it felt got... like a, uh, it was a good dichotomy between the two. I found it funny because Troy is a wooden actor himself, whose counterpart, ideologically speaking, is a robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the irony I found in that situation. <laughs> Um, so Robo Knight's still, like, I think it's best if I mostly work alone, but y'all are at least tentatively homies. Peace. Um, next episode, there's this shadow-stealing monster. This episode's called Man and Machine. There's a shadow-stealing monster. Um, and, uh, again, this is a stand. <laughs> like, this guy, like, this monster gets close to you, activates his stand power, steals your shadow, and then you're frozen. Terrifying power. Terrifying, yeah. Because they straight up, uh, they, uh, kind of just, like, let some of these plot threads linger to, to go over just how horrifying it is. They, they, there's a really funny conclusion to one in particular. Well, not really, really, but like, you know, for Power Rangers, by Power Rangers standards, pretty funny conclusion to one of these threads in particular. Because, like, the way that the two actors play it is just like, mwah, chef's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, like, all these people are getting, like, frozen in place around town. And uh, it's very scary. And the Rangers are trying to get Robo Knight to work with them on this threat because it's very serious. And Robo Knight's like, I think you should just get out of the way. I can fight this guy alone. And, like, I can keep myself safe from his power. No problem. Um, and so, the, but, like, things keep getting out of hand. And it's clear that, like, they all need to work together to beat them. So uh, the Rangers are like, okay, Check it out, Robo Knight. We're going to act as the bait for this mission because he can steal our shadows, and then you got to get in, like, a, a death blow. And, and Robo Knight's like, I'm not going to do that. That's a terrible mission idea. And the Rangers are like, guess what? We're doing it. Bye. And they just fucking take off. And Robo Knight's like, ah, I got to go after them, <laughs> I guess. And so he goes after them. And then uh, when he sees them actually follow through and get frozen in place as the bait, he's like, holy shit, these rangers are actually putting their lives in my hands for real. I didn't think they'd actually do it. Uh, and so after this episode, Robo Knight warms up a little bit more to the rangers. Um, they also form a joint Megazord this time, which sort of, you know, symbolizes their new team bonding a little bit. They're still not, like, full-time team all the time. This guy's still a little independent. Like I said, he kind of has some Phantom Ranger Blue Centurion in energy. He's around a lot when you need him, but he's also doing his own thing. Sometimes he has his own life. It's yeah. kind of weird. 
It's like, what is the robot doing? And he it turns out he's just like people watching. I mean, Blue Centurion kind of had a similar thing going on where it'd be like, why isn't Blue Centurion here right now? Like, what is he doing? And then you go just find walking him. down the street, getting like a hot walking dog. Walking down the street, fucking yeah, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> 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 Time traveling cop, just seen going down the street smoking a cig. <laughs> Next up is Ultra Power, uh, which is where the Rangers get the the Ultra Power, Ultra Mode Power. It's fine. It's fine. It's it's mostly just a power up episode, and it's not that exciting. Um, uh, but it's, it's Ultra watchable. mode looks like the Mystic Force power up. Um, I thought that the action figures were gonna go inside the globe, and that's how they were gonna transform. Yeah, that was a little disappointing, but it's still cool. Um, the staff yeah. does look kind of cool. The armor looks kind of cool. It's not amazing, but it's fine. They do like mage spells now with the uh, staff. Yeah, they do do like spells, which is fun. Um, anyway, it's all about the wild sword, and it's one of those plots where like the villains are kind of trying to trick the rangers into freeing the wild sword because good guys have to do it, kind of thing. Yeah, this was kind of weak. It's we've seen this before many times, most notably in recent memories, Mystic Force. It's not terrible, but it's maybe like a five or. I don't know. Pretty boring times. Uh, a couple of the fights are okay. Yeah. Last laugh comes next. Chef's kiss. Another contender for best episode. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, in this episode, the monster. <laughs> once again, this is a stand. Okay. <laughs> I, what the fuck is going on <laughs> with this season? Like in, in Samurai, all of the monsters were just like. He's got a club. That this monster spits acid. This one shits fire. <laughs> but in this season, it's like, okay, so the monster this episode, if you laugh near him, captures you in a jar. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> and he tells jokes. Tells jokes. He's a joke telling monster. He's not that he's great like, at fighting. He's like the type of joke teller that just thinks that puns are funny. Mm-hmm. So you get just for Bad the cheap laughs. Bad jokes. But you get that cheap laugh and then you're in the jar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it Sorry, I'm thinking off. about this scene. God, I know. <laughs> it all starts off with the Rangers at a comedy show. I, I want to <laughs> emphasize how this episode begins, too, because this... This episode has an insane fucking whiplash pacing. Yeah. Um, the, the Rangers are chilling at a comedy show. <laughs> and the jokes are pretty mediocre, but most of the Rangers are, are chuckling, at least some. But Noah's not laughing at all. And they're like, come on, Noah, lighten up. And he's like, but the jokes aren't funny. I was and totally Noah in this situation. I was, I was like, I, I would not laugh at these jokes, man. Yeah, I would not either. Uh, they were very bad. Uh, and that was like, but the jokes aren't funny. And they're like kind of having this conversation. They uh, Again, the the dialogue in this season is like kind of highbrow. And so they start kind of getting into like, well, what is funny? Why, why should we enjoy things? You know? <laughs> <laughs> the type of stuff we do on this podcast, you know? <laughs> 
So they, they start getting into it a little bit, but then all that gets cut short because the comedy show gets interrupted by the comedy monster I mentioned. That's right. Like the first three minutes of this episode just go fucking balls to the wall with no warning. Yeah. <laughs> the comedy monster, by the way, is called No Joke. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> Cheap. Killing me. Um, but <laughs> what's the name of the episode? Last laugh. Last laugh. Yeah. Okay. Um, things are getting serious with no joke. He's he's capturing people in the jar left and right. Was the that Rangers... intentional, Kennedy? Things are getting serious with no joke. That was not intentional. No, <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to describe the episode. Oh. Okay. Um, uh, he's captured people in the jar left and right with his bad puns. The Rangers are like trying to figure out what to do. At one point, there's an incredible discussion with the Rangers and Robo Knight where Noah and Robo Knight like suddenly do the like handshake meme of agreement. And they're like, they're, they're like, there is no biological need to laugh. Boo. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a Neil deGrasse Tyson tweet. (laughs) Yeah. Cause all the range. So all the Rangers are grouped together and they're trying to find a, a way to uh beat this monster they're strategizing right and uh so they're all just like you have emma you have gia troy and jake just all like fuck i don't care jake's like i don't fucking care if i get captured at least i know i i died on my i died on my feet instead of on my knees and then (laughs) uh troy is just like we can't stop ourselves from laughing Emma's like, yeah. It's really funny, too, because Troy sells this even though he can be kind of wooden and unemotional. Yeah, Troy. To sell this here. He's like, yeah, I, you know, maybe I'm a little I'm bit fucking dumbfounded. I like to laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Laughing is one of my favorite things to do. Easily top five. Top five. <laughs> <laughs> so then Robo Knight. Like that guy that, like, seems serious at school all day long but then like one friday night he's like hey you want to go to the comedy show and he's just busting it yeah (laughs) yeah so 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 the camera zooms out you see robo knight's face right looking just slightly off center it just says just don't laugh it's not a biological necessity (laughs) <laughs> and fucking Noah just throws up his hands like, see, see, I told you, just don't fucking laugh. Just don't <laughs> fucking do it. And what's funny is like, I was talking to my wife, well, like shortly before this. And I was like, dog, pe- like clearly this monster has an OP ability, right? Where you're just fucking captured. This is like Master Roshi in Dragon Ball Super with the evil containment wave into the jar type shit. All right. It doesn't matter your fucking power level. If you laugh near these jars, you're getting sucked in. There's no getting out of it. Yeah. So I'm just like, the fate of the world is at stake. The Rangers are the last defenders. And you're telling me three, sorry, four of the six of them just can't stop themselves from fucking laughing at cheap puns. But also, you know, kind of get it. 
<laughs> I was totally Noah in this fucking situation when Noah broke the fourth wall. Like when Robo Knight and if this was '90s Power Rangers, Billy would be like coming up with some fucking invention to prevent them from laughing or something. Like in this case, I like the fact that Robo Knight and Noah broke the fourth wall. And was just like, just don't fucking laugh, you dumbasses. I was sent to the fucking moon. I was on cloud nine. Amazing stuff, really. It was it's truly Pino. It's a good like, conflict between them, too, because it's like, oh, both sides are kind of fair to some extent. Like, Noah and Robo Knight have a point. Like, just don't fucking laugh at this guy's dumb jokes. Uh, but also, like, the other rangers are like, but come on, like, laughing is, like, a pretty involuntary thing for most people, <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> it's just, like, it's just, like, a good, fun thing for them to have going on. But also, this is another, like I said, this is, like, a stand, and I say that because, once again, like you said, the whole fate of the world is resting on this, like, very goofy power that's like only balanced in a certain kind of sense you know like everything is all resting on this and it's just like we have to find some way to like rock paper scissors this guy's bullshit and like get around it um and so of course every ranger gets trapped in the jar except for noah and the robo knight and they're like trying to figure out what to do they're freaking out um and they're like wait Noah's like, wait, I have a plan. It's the worst plan. It's the most horrible plan. Robo Knight, are you ready to sell your soul to the devil? <laughs> <laughs> and Robo Knight's like, I'll do anything I have to to protect the Earth. And Noah's like, okay, let's do this. And so what do they do? They tell bad jokes to try to get the monster to laugh. And it works. The monster starts laughing after a certain number of jokes and he starts to get sucked into his own jar and he's like, oh, fuck, I got to let everybody out of the jar. Um, and at that point, he gets his ass kicked and then he gets big and he gets his ass kicked again. Um, very fun episode. Super enjoyable. Uh, and It was uh, teaching Robo Knight Noah the joys of life. Noah ends up obsessed with terrible jokes as a result of this ordeal. Hate and he it. won't stop telling them when he, they get back to school. And the Rangers are like, dude, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this begins the arc of Robo Knight essentially learning what it means to be a human. Yeah, so up till now, Robo Knight has been clear that, like, <coughs> He trusts these humans and he respects them, but he doesn't agree with their methods, doesn't agree with their ideology. But episodes like this one pretty much always, at some point in the ending, have a scene where Robo Knight's like, hmm, you know, maybe laughter's kind of a good thing. Maybe playing little jokes on each other is, is healthy. <laughs> um... And just, like, has these sort of realizations. And then those also kind of, like, play into his understanding of how they're winning the fights, though. So he's like, he's like, actually, something that I thought was a flaw in the way the Rangers think or behave helped us win this fight. Hmm, interesting. And that's, like, 
a big theme of the next couple of episodes. Um, so the next one, Dream Snatcher, this is another contender for worst. Oh, God. And it sucks because it's not, not all of it is bad. It kind of is like the other one, where not all of it is bad, but then there's some part of it that's so irredeemable that the episode is ruined. It's like you're making dinner, and then you realize that you've put a whole pound of ginger into something that would never call for it. And it's just going to taste weird now, no matter what you do. Like, that's what we're looking at here. Uh, you put some spice in the dish that does not belong. Uh, and uh, it, has, it has ruined it. The flavor will never oh, yeah? be okay. <laughs> yeah. Why did you say spice there, Kennedy? Yeah, why did I say spice? That's an interesting... I'm <laughs> myself right now. <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, they, they put a little passion into this episode <laughs> they put a little carne asada on this episode <laughs> they put a little guacamole on top of this episode <laughs> oh my god oh, so dream snatcher so there's this okay this episode is terrifying for a very specific reason though this this episode has terrifying lore implications about this season because the Dream Snatcher is a monster that naturally exists on Earth that Vrak takes advantage of. I want to reemphasize that. The Dream Snatcher is a monster that naturally exists on Earth and, like, apparently exists all over the world. <laughs> unchecked. In the Power Rangers. <laughs> That's canon. <laughs> they get into the lore of the Dream Snatchers just enough for it to be really terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Um. So there's this there's this Dream Snatcher monster. Uh, before we get to that though, let me let me talk about the the best scene in the whole thing, which comes really close to the beginning. Um. The the only good scene in the episode almost. <laughs> Which is at the beginning, they're like, all the rangers are hanging out and they're like, hey, there's going to be a meteor shower tonight. We should all go watch and make wishes. And uh, Emma is like really into it. She has like this huge list that she writes all her wishes on. And it's like a whole thing. Um, yeah. She lost I, her parents. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say. She made another allusion to that. Yeah, she did. She did. She's like, yeah, me and my dad, we'd always go stargazing. And I, I, I like to remember him when I do this. It's like, oh, sh before I just knew you lost your mom, but I guess both parents? What? They just dropped this stuff on you with no warning in Megaforce. None whatsoever. They're all talking about, like, making wishes and stuff. And uh, Noah and Jake, Noah fucking roasts Jake in the most loving, friendly way. <laughs> because Jake kind of like eyes Gia and he's like, yeah, maybe I'll make a wish tonight. Noah's like, wishes only come true if you say them out loud. <laughs> and like, <laughs> Jake's like, wishes are supposed to say a secret. <laughs> and Noah's like, uh, I forget what he says after that, but he's basically like, you know, if if your wish stays a secret, no one's ever gonna find out about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, just, it's just this amazing. That was like very believable. You could feel 
like some real teenagers delivering that dialogue like ribbing each other about the, their crush or whatever you know like very yeah. very believable yeah <laughs> that's the only good part of the episode so Vrock has this thing the aurora box that he whips out suddenly from somewhere I forget how he came into possession of it suddenly but he's like yo this will make the monster stronger. Let's do it. So uh, Bluefur and Biggs are like, okay, let's go test it out. And they go find this dream snatcher. Again, a naturally occurring monster on Earth that snatches your dreams while you're sleeping and you wake up feeling fucked up and you don't know why. <laughs> what the fuck? And you lay roots into the Earth. No, that's, that's the advanced version. The oh, regular right. dream snatchers... Like, when we first see the Dream Snatcher, this is what he's doing. And, and there's literally, I don't remember exactly what happens in the episode, but there's literally a piece of dialogue where they talk about, yeah, regular Dream Snatchers work like this, but this is a, a, an advanced Dream Snatcher. And I'm like, regular Dream Snatchers? So so Biggs and Bluefur go to find a monster to test out the Aurora box on. They find a regular Dream Snatcher wandering around snatching dreams. They're like, hey, we're going to make you to a superpowered Dream Snatcher. Superpowered Dream Snatcher can snatch all of your dreams, not just while you're sleeping, but just like make you not have any dreams or wishes and make you super sad and melancholic. And then you grow roots into the earth and you go into like the sunken place. I, what was that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you uh, die. Going to Bong World. Uh, here's where everything everything I've described up till now, you're like probably listening. If you haven't watched the season, you're listening along and you're like, okay. Sounds like an episode of the Power Rangers. What could be wrong with this? Well, let me tell you. So the Dream Snatcher has a bit of a bit of a stereotypical set of like accent and mannerisms going on a bit of a, a bit of a caricature racist stereotype <laughs> yeah so <laughs> it's a white way. it's a british voice actor uh saying a bunch of spanish phrases out loud and pretending to be spanish for the whole episode uh, also and dressed like a matador. Very cringe accent. Yes, very cringe. Ay, caramba. Oh, ay, chihuahua. I fucking cringe so hard when he said actually, that. Actually, Grab, I'm sorry. Um, He's not British. He's British Italian, so actually it's okay. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, like, the last voice line when he gets killed is I Chihuahua. Terrible. I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, it's 2013. Yeah. Um, Still dealing with that shit? There's also, no he sold dreams from all over the world, right? Something like that. All over Maybe. town, at least. Okay. I can't remember. I think it was this episode, or it might have been Discord that it happened. The, uh... There was, like, depictions of what other parts of the world looked like. And, like, Africa, it was still straw huts and yeah. everything. China still had traditional clothes and garb all everywhere. Like, all that shit being shown. 
I'm just like, really? Yeah. yeah. It's 1993 again, baby. This episode sucks. I don't want to talk about this forever. Basically, Emma gets taken to the dream world by the monster's powers, but she once she gets into the dream world, she's hanging out with everybody else there, and they're all being sad. And at first, she's kind of sad, too, but then she's like, actually, I have so many dreams. I could never be sad forever. I want to do all kinds of stuff. What about you guys? What do you want to do? And she starts, like, hyping everybody up. And the monster's like, what the fuck? Why isn't my power working? What's going on? And uh, Emma wins. Uh, once again, her willpower just indestructible. So. Uh, Could have been an okay episode because a lot of the other foot parts are fine. But uh, several major racist elements. And like... That dialogue was so... I was cringing hard every time the Dream Snatcher would fucking talk. Yeah. Like, really. I want to be clear about that. Like, it wasn't just like, I heard it and I was like, oh yeah, that's an insensitive... It's but not it was just like, one no, it voice line. It's every voice line. Yeah. Like, cringe upon cringe upon cringe with the voice lines in this one. I it, bad bad stuff. Mhm. Um 14th episode is Gosei Ultimate. Fine episode. Uh they get more powers. Go Gosei Ultimate Megazord mostly revolves around the Megazord. I'm not going to spend all it's they fucking Defeat Biggs and Blue for, for, I think, the last time. It's fine. It wasn't too amazing. It wasn't like an epic final battle or anything. It was just kind of like, eh, all right. Their, their best appearance was their first appearance. Pretty much, yeah. They, they, they have a couple other small moments, but it's not that exciting. Next up, though, we get the human factor. We get a new leading villain lieutenant. Metal Alice. Who She's fucking like. awesome. <laughs> what a Alice. character. This really ramps up the show's quality, actually, around this time. Like, things were already going pretty fine, but this is where I was expecting it to fall off, and instead, Metal, Al- Metal Alice was awesome, and yeah. her plots were good. Yeah. Um, so, uh... So Metal this Alice is uh, me is a having read Dune, only the prologue, and going, hmm, getting very Dune vibes from this. <laughs> so the reason why I'm saying that is because Metal Alice is kind of this uh, lone, lone robot that designs other robots. Mm-hmm. She's going to the prince as like a shot for power in rule. The ro- the prince is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I vibe with this. This is cool. This is cost efficient. You know, a robot dies, you get replaced. You know, change up the programming, reproduce. I've got infinite resources. I got a whole Earth. I'm gonna take right now. Just mind that. Just keep it keep it going. Sure thing. Why not? Let's do it. It reminded me of the Cymex. Mm. And and the and the robots in Dune and yeah. how like uh 
what eventually would become, but the, how the social order between the Cymex and the robots is, is that the robots see the Cymex as like better than human, but not quite them. You know what I'm saying? And it was very much like that. Like I, once that whole, once that whole thing got introduced, I was like, okay, well, why would you subjugate the insects of this planet if you yourself are insect? And it's like, it, it, it brings about those sort of ideological battles to the forefront. I really like that about this character. Metal Alice bangs for this this show. It adds yeah. to the environmentalism issue. It adds to the humanity versus um, roboticism issue and what it means to be human and, and stuff like that. And what it means to lose your humanity too, I think. Yeah, big time. So Metal Alice shows up and also she's got this other robot that she made, Rotox. The rangers are fighting the robots and they're like, whoa. What's up with these robot enemies? This is different. And they're also like, they start to realize right away that this could be like an issue and they start to like develop sensitivity towards it. It's really interesting. Like, it was like allyship in action. Because like, they're like, at the start of the episode, like they're not really thinking about this issue very much. But then like, as the episode goes on, they're trying to make it clear to Robo Knight that, like, we have to fight these robots because they're on the side of evil. We don't hate them for being robots. We just really want you to know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, like, important. Like, uh, Robo Knight needs this reassurance. Because, like, he's starting to have some questions in this episode. And Metal Alice is obviously, like, she's trying to encourage that. And she's, like, especially because, like, she's got this other robot with her. So she's, like, listen. Like, I hang out with all kinds of robots. You're one robot on your own. Don't you want to hang out with robots? And Robo Knight's like, hmm, that does sound a little nice. <laughs> but then he's like, nah, you seem like an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Robo Knight ultimately basically decides to side with the humans, although this it leaves a little bit of lingering question where Robo Knight is still kind of like, he feels a little bit of empathy towards Metal Alice at times, even after this. Yeah, he's still he's still very unsure of what being a robot means to him. Yeah, but as uh, part of the robot diaspora. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, he does end the episode uh, making a, a joke, showing that like. Some of those lessons from before are kind of like leaving an impression on him. Yes. Oh, and by the way, one thing I did forget to mention about um, Robo Knight from last episode is that he once again is like taught the lesson of like human values having a purpose. Because at first he's kind of like, I don't have dreams, I just do stuff. Like, that's a frivolous way to be but then like after emma beats the the boss just by having all of this like willpower and desire to like live and do things robo knight's like hmm actually that does seem kind of useful to have that kind of drive so like some of that stuff's playing out here where he's like you know he's being faced with this temptation to join metal alice uh, but then 
he's sort of like looking at these lessons he learned recently from the humans and he's like, I don't know, these humans are kind of growing on me. <laughs> uh, after that, we have Rico the robot. Uh, this is a pretty good episode. It's very, this is a bog standard Power Rangers episode though in a lot of ways. Like, you've seen this on SPD. You've seen this on uh, Time Force. Uh, there's an enemy that's not sure he wants to be an enemy. It's filler. It's, yeah. The, I, the only thing that, like, might almost make it not filler is that, like, it does sort of help solidify some stuff with Robo Knight because, like, the act of caring for this other robot shows Robo Knight that, like, you know, these humans are... Uh, kind of about what they say. Except I think that that lesson is better taught in the next episode. Yeah, but it's still a little bit weak. Yeah. So Uh, After that, we have staying on track. Ah, get it. Uh, This episode (laughs) is hilarious mostly because um, it emphasizes that the show was filmed in New Zealand. I First of all, there's some heavy accents. Yeah. Mommy, Accents go when is mommy going to be here, daddy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love this episode, though. I For real. This it's episode fun. had the right amount of, like, tension, atmosphere, stakes, all that stuff. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, but it is hilarious because, like, the, the monsters are like, ah, we'll shut down the trains to cripple human society. And I was like, what are you talking about, dog? I live in America. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, like, they're showing shots of this interior of this New Zealand passenger cha- train, and it looks nice as fuck. That must be what Amtrak's like. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, Metal Alice has this plot to throw everything into chaos by derailing the passenger trains and the trains all around the world, etc. Um, and, uh, there's this family that is, like, they, their mom's supposed to be coming home on the train and she's late. And there's other situations like that where, like, people are, like, you know, getting anxious as it goes to show that, like, you know... Things aren't good with train stop. Society is, in fact, having problems with this. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and uh, the Rangers are, like, having to fight back against that. Um, there's, I would say, like, the Jet Zord is pretty cool, and there's some really good combat shit here which is honestly a little unusual because like the zords in general not that good like you said but this is kind of like actually like pogging over the combat a little bit episode they use the zords to good effect it kind of yeah. reminded me of like an rpm episode but better in fact it's kind of weird because it did remind me of the rpm train episode a bit too <laughs> um but Fair in this enough. case they use the zords to form a bridge at one point to get the yeah. train over um, so that was pretty neat. Just like, it you know, the like continued the feel also. Yeah. 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 And the stakes again, like 
the fact that like it really felt like the train was gonna crash. Yeah, that's it. The, the Rangers needed escalate. At first, it's like the stakes are like, well, people are late. Things are bad. This is bad for people, you know. But then it's like the stakes are like, no, people are now going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and the villains like they start to really not fuck around. <laughs> Um, at this point, they're, like, going for, like, okay, let's do, like, system failures. You know, um, and the prince was loving this shit. Yep, he loves the chaos. Um, he's, like, libertarian center. (laughs) (laughs) Just accelerationism all the way. (laughs) <laughs> yeah just hurling yourself to the grave as fast right. as possible uh yeah it gets pretty intense i also there's a really fun scene between robo knight and this kid you think it's gonna be cringe but it's not it's, it's actually crazy. really sweet yeah and like funny yeah and also like it, it also, all works. confirms that he's a cab because the kid's like are you a cop or something? And Robo Knight's like, uh, not exactly. Hell yeah. He's like, he's like, not really, no. Based, based, based. He's <laughs> he just like immediately distances himself a little he bit. He says he's that. a defender. Yeah. It's so good. I love this episode. I know we're kind of like contrasts being a defender of the people and being a cop. Based. Yup. <laughs> like. We're not doing it too much justice with this recap, but you gotta watch this episode. This is like probably one of the best Megaforce. I mean, episodes. my throat is getting dry from all these recaps, so like I'm doing my best here, people. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. There's a lot to pog out about. I knew like that. That's what I'm saying. Richard is done. Good. What the fuck? Okay. Yeah. Uh, next up is the human condition, which is uh. <clears throat> Malcor is like basically like, okay, I've been hanging around as like the top admiral under rock this whole time. Talking about how strong I could be. I'ma prove it. Um, so this is another like lots of fighting episode. <laughs> uh there is some other stuff though, uh, because there's like uh, there's, there's like kind of some interesting act interactions in particular between Gia and Robo Knight, uh, because Robo Knight is like trying to figure out things about like why humans cry. And also like, he starts to get curious about love in this episode and stuff. And like, and he goes to all the Rangers mm-hmm. and he's like, what does this mean? And then he goes up to Jake and then he's like, "Never mind. There's nothing that Jake can teach me. <laughs> Goes to Noah, and then Noah's like, dog, we've been writing books about this for, like, centuries. And he's like, bet, I'm going to the library right now. (laughs) A book instead of a conversation? Fuck yes. Robo Knight did that the whole episode. Went to the library, had a fun time. Scared a lot of people along the way. It was Robo Knight's day out. (laughs) (laughs) And then other than that, they're fighting Malcor a bunch. 
And those uh, fight scenes are pog. And the fight scenes are actually Tro- pretty fucking pog. Troy has a shit ton of one-liners that you really don't <laughs> expect. And you're like, what the fuck, Troy? Where are you pulling all this shit from? Troy's acting <laughs> in this episode actually pretty solid. Unexpected. Troy's getting insanely based lines. But yeah, mostly it's it's the Robo Knight going around asking the Power Rangers weird and funny questions and snubbing Jake in particular that's really fun. Uh, he goes up to this black kid in the library and the black kid is showing him music because at first black kid's like apprehensive, like, holy shit, are you going to fucking like kill me? What's going on? And Robo Knight's like, what is that? What are you doing? And he's like, dude, this is music here. You can listen to it. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> and Robot and he puts on like an instrumental from Jay-Z's The Blueprint. <laughs> and Robo Knight's like, oh hell yeah, this bangs. And uh just you know gets sent on a, a musical playlist by this one kid in the library. Yeah. You and then you know that off screen after this, this kid is just passing Robo Knight mixtapes occasionally. Yeah. Like just burning a CD and being like, yo, here's some stuff I heard that's really lit. Check this out. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, apparently must have slipped some 80s rap in there because the episode ends and the Rangers are all like, Robo Knight, what have you been doing? And he's like, I've been studying up on the human condition. And then busts out into like an 80s style rap. And I'm like, it's like, I'm like, uh, but then I'm like, eh, it's, it's fine. It's kind it's of fine crazy, because it's a robot that's doing a it. Robot. Yeah, I was going to say, delivered by a robot, it's like a cringe bad rap coming from a robot that's not that good at social stuff actually kind of fits in this way that makes it kind of funny. Yeah, contextually, it's all right. If it was like Jake doing it or Noah doing it, it'd be oh something kind of different. Oh my God, I'd die. I, this season would lose like a whole point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, it would be like a kissing the frog type moment. Uh, by the way, although the fight scenes with Malcor are pretty pog, Malcor is like a typical blowhard, like second to last boss of the Power Rangers that just like spent the whole season bragging about how he'd be real strong. You wait and see, he'd be real hard to beat. And then he dies in one episode, and that's this episode. Nice. Even though that was the case that Malcor didn't really shape up to be much of anything. It's not a huge detractor. It's the just, fight itself, the fight scenes themselves were so good. Yeah. Like, I remember this episode just, like, going balls to the wall. Everybody's acting was just incredible about, like, not giving up because they're the last line of defense. And if they fall, humanity falls. And, like, bearing the weight on their shoulders as they fight for humanity. Against them. Yep. Episode 19, The Messenger, <clears throat> uh, is uh, the first appearance of this guy, The Messenger, who uh, is like a sort of a, one of the final villains of this season. We left out a very important detail, which is oh, that sorry. when we defeated Malkor in episode 18, um, the prince was going to send the ship in. Of his personal, his, was sending his personal ship in to like oh, yeah. invade Earth and take <laughs> over and start flexing his power, and then uh, the Rangers managed to get a two for one and explode 
the ship on right before it landed, killing or not killing, but nearly killing the prince. But then, lo and behold, uh, what's her name? Metal Alice. Metal Alice, who's been revived because she's a robot, unbeknownst to the Rangers who didn't know, because they end the episode when they fought her, going like, Metal Alice is done once and for all. Yeah, they really and think And then she done. revived. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so she revives Vrak, uh, or Vrock. She revives Vrock into this half cyborg. No, not half cyborg. 64% cyborg, 36% insectoid. And only getting more cyborg y as Vrock gets damaged. Yeah, so Vrock comes back <clears throat> as a cyborg. The messenger is this mysterious guy who contacts him. Like, hey, listen. I know you took some hits, but don't worry about it. The invasion starts day, baby. And Rock's like, oh shit. Hell yeah. Let's do this. Um, most of this episode is just like kind of stakes raising. Like the Rangers start to realize the full extent of what's really coming. Um, and also like we as the viewers see a lot of like the villains kind of like setting up the end as well. Uh, this is like some of the most villain on-screen time that we get that's very significant is in like this episode. Um, there's a few other episodes, but like it's, it's a little rare this season. Uh, so the, villain the messenger is- makes a very choice comment to Vrock. Oh, yeah. By stating that uh, the armies won't recognize him because of his changed appearance. So therefore, he should just keep his head low for now. Well, that's in the finale. Oh, I thought that was this episode with the messenger. No. Oh, gotcha. My bad. Um, and yeah, the messenger gets revealed in this episode. Uh, and he's pretty cool looking. No problem with it. He's a fine guy to introduce as like another final villain for the season. Endgame is the final episode. This is another one that's like... This- Almost all of this episode is just them fighting, and it's all hand-to-hand, too. They don't get into Zords. It's amazing. It's actually really good. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, like, basically, Brock sends in uh, the messenger, and the messenger is like, yeah, I'm going to take care of this, okay? Like, you chill, and, like, I'm super strong. I got these rangers. He puts up a pretty fucking good fight, but the Rangers do get him, barely. But then Metal Alice also shows up. And before, oh, before I even get into that, he kind of takes their morphing power away, and the Rangers have to, like, kind of steal some power back to remorph and, like, reactivate their morphers. And, like, their powers are a little bit shaky after that in some ways. So, like, things get, like, hairier and hairier. Uh, as they can't, like, access all of their powers and things. There's a big battle. There's, like, a beam struggle and everything. It's kind of anime. So they end up fighting the messenger first, then Metal Alice, very briefly. (laughs) Troy basically, like, one-punches her. 
he does like this one sword slash that's super epic, and then he's just like, Omewa mo Shindaru. Sorry. Yeah, um, she goes like, not even a hundred rangers can defeat me. And then Troy just molly whops her in one hit. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Because she, she like gloats for like a straight minute. And then Troy just comes through with a sword slash. Yeah. Yeah. But. It really be like that. Uh, it really felt like, oh, we needed to get this villain out of the way. Come on. All right, let's move on. It's the season finale. <laughs> let's but go. What was actually cool was Rock has this final moment with Metal Alice, and Metal Alice is like, Basically, like, don't you care about me, Brock? And Brock's like, nah. Die. <laughs> and then she Yeah, like, it was Whoa. cold. It was cold. That was a cold-ass performance. Yeah, pretty crazy stuff. The messenger's head is still alive, and that's when uh, he tells Brock, hey, listen, uh, the invasion force is going to be here soon. You need to hide because once they get here, they're not going to recognize you with like your changed appearance, and they may not know that you're a friend. So, like, you need to lay low for a bit. And Brock's like, damn, that sucks, but I guess you're right. And he takes off. Um, and the Rangers are like, whew, that was crazy. Oh, also, Robo Knight is part of how they get their powers back when they can't morph. And so Robo Knight is, like, injured and kind of disappears. <laughs> um, and also, this is a cool twist because Robo Knight does something really selfless for the Rangers here, something that they've done for him over and over, and that he's, like, been like, I don't understand why you keep doing this. Uh, and now here he is, and he's like, hey... Uh, I'm going to risk my life to give you all your powers back so you can keep fighting. And they're like, Robo Knight, that's not like you. And he's like, shut up. He's got to do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, that was cool because that was like a good culmination of Robo Knight's journey. It was like this moment of him doing this very self-sacrificing thing for the Rangers that like you absolutely would not have expected it when you meet him yeah <clears throat> so that's cool uh the rangers are a bit celebratory after they beat the messenger and everything yeah thinking like, that they've thwarted it off they're not super celebratory but they're kind of like whew okay what's that was next rough but we handled it let's call gosei and they call up gosei and they're like hey gosei here's the status update messenger's dead uh, Rock got away, but he's badly injured. Metal Alice is dead. Uh, Robo Knight seems to be injured. We can't find him right now. We're going to try to find him. And Gosei answers back immediately. And is just like, morph! Yeah. And they're like, what? And he's like, morph now! <laughs> and they're like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. And, 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 like, also, I, as the viewer, was like, what's happening? Because yeah. has never been like this ever. Uh, and uh, sure enough, like, ten seconds later, the fucking alien invasion fleet arrives and starts literally destroying cities. And that's the fucking end. To be continued. To be continued. Amazing. Yeah. 
it was truly uh, a <laughs> Kino ending. Uh, I loved it. Um, I had too. a very, very fun time watching this. Uh, let's get into Ranger rankings. Noah. It's like a high B for me, I think. I really like him. He doesn't stand out quite enough at times, and he is like a techie blue ranger. I think he's high but C. He needed more screen time. He needed more screen time. He's, yeah, he might... I don't know. I still feel like he's a B for me because I really liked a lot of his performances. I thought that he was one of the least wooden of the actors and that his... Like, he was able to be, like, snarky and serious and, like, sad and, like, happy and all, like, just, like, deliver lines with a lot of different kinds of emotions as his character. So, but I might might concede to, like, a low B, though. Because, like, I agree. The screen time was a big issue with that character. He just really, if Noah had had... One really standout Noah focused episode around like twelve thirteen. Be a very easy sell for a, a much higher ranking, I think. Yeah, I kind of expected that too. I was surprised that we didn't get that sort of episode. We didn't really get this was more like uh some of the seasons where like we get the character growth in every episode instead of like Oh, now it's the Blue Rangers episode. Now it's the Pink Rangers episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's not all bad, but also a little bit of emphasis of these characters' storylines would have been appreciated. I'm definitely hoping for that in Super Mega Force. At this point, I don't want to get too excited for Super Mega Force, but I am open to whatever happens. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> just how open I am. Um, uh, but yeah. Yeah, so, but I, uh, I get it, I get your point about Noah for sure. He does feel way more natural at the acting gig than a lot more. I just think that he falls off towards the the second half. Jake, I think Jake's probably in that same. For me, he's like a high C, maybe probably in that same kind of category, somewhat. Where like we didn't see quite enough of who he really is, but I liked most of what I saw. Yeah. Also, Maybe even I again, see low B. Yeah. I don't know. I I like a lot of these characters pretty well. Jake got end, more but... screen time and got more voice lines, but not a significant amount more. And also, I wouldn't say all of his appearances were like stellar. Whereas Noah, I'd be like, yeah, yo, Noah like really brought it to the table. You Jake, really it's more like, yeah, Jake's being Jake. Yeah. There are like I I can remember like one where I was like, ooh drop the ball there but like that was it like in the whole season like he really he he acted at a level that was above what was required a lot honestly yeah so i appreciate that about noah jake yeah got a little more screen time especially with gia but uh still a little bit you know he's just like he's a little bit amorphous and forgettable right now it's just like what's what stands out about Jake? You know, he's having yeah. that problem and he needs something to kind of pull him out of that. He could have been another Xander. Yeah, he has some of that vibe. He just needs like, Xander had those like high powered episodes where he'd do crazy shit. Jake <laughs> needs an episode like that, you know? Yeah. Let's have the episode where like Jake solves the problem with like soccer physics bullshit 
and his he, relationship and to like Gia is more genuine though than say like RPM Green and Doctor K. You really if okay if we were ranking Power Rangers relationships alone, the Jake and Gia relationship would be near the top of the rank, regardless yeah. of the Ranger rankings. Because it was pretty healthy from what I saw for sure. Totally healthy from pretty much for pretty much all of it, and like. Just like very believably teenage and fairly innocent, but also not like too like like dorky innocent, like fake relationship kind of stuff. Just like just like these two maybe haven't had a lot of dates yet, kind of innocent, you know? Yeah. Uh, Emma. I like Emma a lot. Um, and I think she gets a lot of chances to shine in particular so i kind of want to rate her fairly high but occasionally her performance is just weird so high c. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's another high c for me uh i'm gonna give her a little bit more credit than uh jake or noah because she really gets the chance to shine a fair bit with like her science interests and her ecology interests which are really relevant to the season but since she is like into that stuff you know it's like she gets like some of the best dialogue in some of the best episodes, I think. Um, she also gets some of the worst dialogue. She does have to lip sync a terrible song. So I'm going to put her low B for me. <laughs> she's high C for me. Like, she's definitely competent. She's not a bad actress. The problem with her is. I feel like she gets the most voice lines. Like, outside of, like, Red Ranger, she gets the most voice lines purely in VO. Like, her voiceover work, they have her repeat herself so much, it's annoying. To the point where, like, I think it affects how I, like, perceive her character outside of the fights. But um, she does good in person. She does really well. I just think her VO work when she's dubbing those those uh those scenes or in those battle sequences, it's just not good. Yeah, she she definitely had that problem where like she can be grounded in the character when she's actually doing it, but if you make her do a voiceover, she's just like not feeling it in the same way, you know. Yeah. Um I still liked her though. I still liked her and I thought that she contributed to the overall plot really well cuz again, it's this environmental season and she's into like environmental science fits well. So Yeah, she's like yeah. right there. She's like 79, you know? Um <laughs> I just, I can't I can't <laughs> I can't I can't give the 80. I'm sorry. Troy. Another tough one because like it's like, it's like there's good Troy and bad Troy, and good Troy is like an A for sure. But what about bad Troy? How much <laughs> does bad Troy take off the score? <laughs> uh, listen, Troy, Troy, this is like the actor's first gig. <laughs> so I think as the season went on, he got a lot better. He still flubbed some lines, don't get me wrong. He just has that 
that sort of like he couldn't keep up the accent. And I think because he couldn't keep up the accent, it like affected his line delivery. He's like, American accent, right? Um, Where it's just like, it's like some of the takes just like more like exhausted or something. And he's just not nailing it for some reason. I don't know. No, we can't. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes you'll just get that type of performance out of Troy. Honestly, he's high B. Like the best of Troy. He goes slightly lower like, than me, but still be just maybe like mid B. I'll concede an 85, but like I'm pretty I'm pretty jazzed on Troy. Just because like when Troy delivers his lines correctly, like how it should be delivered for a scene, he sells it so well. So good. So good. He's actually a pretty good Red Ranger when he's like on like, top form. It's like Jason levels where you're just like, oh, man, this is like A to S rank type shit right now. Uh, but then like just all of a sudden you'll just be like, oh, right. This is like his first acting gig. <laughs> like just all of a sudden you'll get reminded of that. He says some of the best lines and, and he's even he's really good at the voiceover dubbing, too. You know, it's the yeah. it's the in-person stuff that that's so wishy-washy. But the the voiceover lines, like he'll throw he'll throw an extra line in there that you're just not expecting. You're like, oh yeah, the scene is him flipping or whatever up from the ground back up into a ready position to fight the enemy, and he'll just throw a fucking like line at you that will get you thinking, like I'll what also, the hell? I'll give Troy a little bit of credit too because he's a somewhat unique Red Ranger that you don't expect. Like at first, you really think he's gonna fit into like a certain kind of box of Red Ranger, but then. Like, he ends up being, like, he's a little bit like Andros after Andros learns to work with others or something like that. Or he's He a takes bit defending like, very seriously. Yeah, or he's a little bit like Lightspeed Red in some ways, too. Yes. He has some, like, interesting qualities Harder, where it's, sure. like, he has this, like, ability to kind of, like, bring the team together and work with the team, but it's very natural to him. It's not, like, a structure, you know? Take this out of high school, make this college, give them a couple more years. This could have been like a 10 out of 10 season with Troy being like Carter levels. Yeah. Right? Because like you could totally see him being way more like Carter, like almost like a hodgepodge of of Jason and Carter together. Because I feel like as time went on, he definitely got louder too. Yeah, he's good himself. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's just a funny thing because it just doesn't always land. But God, when it does, um, Gia, I'm crushing on Gia. I'm a little biased. Uh, Gia is like fit girl, uh, <laughs> the embodiment of like fit girl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Like she's all about the working out. She has a great personality. Um, her on-screen presence is awesome. Completely wooden delivery. Like seventy percent of her lines <laughs> is like flat, but she says it in such a way that you're just like, I don't care, Gia. Just keep going, Gia. <laughs> like seventy percent of the lines are wooden, but more than half of that time it. Anyway, 
Yeah, she's just like, I don't care. <laughs> this is who I am. I embrace it. And then uh, she'll and add fuck a with little it. bit of emphasis at the right times to kind of make it. It's like she's never too wooden. So it kind of works for her character because it's like she's not like a robot or something, you know? Yeah. But, like she can be a little bit understated, but then she'll kind of like crack a little joke or something. You'll be like, oh, yeah, Gia, Gia does have like emotions. Yeah, it's like a it's like a female witcher of sorts. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> it's uh, it's very interesting because yeah, very uh, minimal expression for maximum effect type person. Um, and uh, it it works really well for some damn reason. <laughs> I don't know. I think she's a. Um, it's too much to give her the S. Uh, but she's yeah. definitely I I vibe with her at an A. Yeah, I I think I can vibe with the A as well. Um, especially because she was an interesting character. Like, it's hard to put Gia into a box. She has a lot of different kind of interests and a lot of different aspects to her personality uh, that, like, She's this... not just following in the archetype of some other ranger that came before. She's this very unique character. As the season went on, she actually started getting more excited about things, too, and started openly expressing that stuff. And as tensions escalated, so, too, did her, like, acting, you know? Yeah. And it's, yeah, she matched the situation like appropriately. Uh, she was a little bit like reserved at first in this way that seemed like fitting, and then like it's kind of like I don't know. It's like that's wearing away as this goes on. It was neat. Yeah. 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 I hope she gets. I hope she gets uh, some really good super mega force episodes. Like I said, we we really don't have. We really don't know what to expect. I'm of next simply season. open to whatever happens in super mega. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's wild to me. That we have a season that's been condensed down to like a whole Sensei season that's been condensed down into 22 episodes with two episodes. We cut three episodes from on the filler guide. And it had the right amount of escalation and tension. So much so that they could have ended this season with the movie, you know, and, and incorporated to that. So the fact that they took a completely different Sentai for next season... Has me extremely worried. But Megaforce, as it stands, alone, without Super Megaforce included, is a great season. Yeah. But wait. Wait. Don't start what? the season review yet. I feel you trying to transition, but you forgot something. Robo Knight. Robo Knight. Robo Where are we playing Robo Knight? A. Yeah, he's A. <laughs> yeah, the, I was gonna say ultimate. I I know I've said this already, but Robo Knight really is the culmination of the Phantom Ranger, Blue Centurion archetype so far for this show. Like we've had a couple of six Rangers that fit this archetype, but Robo Knight blows them all out of the water, and like is just this perfectly like detached but there but like you gotta convince him and there's all this philosophy 
amazing. Yeah. The the only real issue with Robo Knight is the very existence of Robo Knight. He's a robot. It's very hard to relate with a robot on screen, especially one that looks the way that Robo Knight does all the time. He he um, definitely has that uncanny valley problem a tiny bit. Um and then I would also say that just like some of the Robo Knight stuff uh it it all culminated pretty well overall, but I still felt like there was an aspect to it that especially at first was a little bit thin, and then it's like as it built up, you're kind of like, yeah, I'm into it. But it was very like, here's Robo Knight, kind of pasted in sloppily, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Kennedy, what were your, what's your uh, final thoughts on the season? Uh, my final thoughts are... Um, you fuckers lied on the internet. All you internet people, you're liars. You're liars. You're deceivers. You told me this was bad. What's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> I feel like this season has some really positive aspects that make it very enjoyable. It was very watchable the whole time. Um, and I don't mean that, like, where I was like, yeah, you know, you could throw on Super Samurai in the background and it's kind of okay. But, like, no, like, you can you can put this on and just, like, vibe to it and get high and, like, watch an episode when you get off work for just, like, something to just, like, declutter your brain. So be perfect. Like, really just good storytelling, a lot of decent acting, some bad acting, but a lot of it was decent and not carried you know, enough. Um, and a lot of, like, really nice just sort of aesthetic choices and trappings. I know we mentioned this, some of this stuff already, but, like, amazing suits. Gose is good. It's, like, a lot of enjoyable stuff here. Um, I had a good time with pretty much every episode too so that was nice like there were only basically two stinkers um i do think that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts here i just think that it's not perfect or anything though <laughs> um i think my ultimate score is it's about a 7.5 for me so like it's very enjoyable, and I like it, and I want to be clear that, like, it's worth watching, and I want to score it high enough for that, but, like, you definitely have to like it in spite of not one, not two, but a number of flaws, <laughs> and those flaws just add up a bit. Um, the season is kind of racist as a whole. Like, between, like, the juice shop owner, the one really cringe villain the depictions of other parts of the world in this really uh, negative light. And just also, like, I mean, the composition of the Ranger team is kind of white-leaning. It, it felt... Some of that just felt like, God, it really is the 90s again. <laughs> like, we're bringing things back that we absolutely don't need to bring back in terms of, like, the vibe and aesthetics with this stuff. And... um. That shit's not cool. I mean, like, ultimately, like, some of these depictions were truly, like, bad and potentially harmful 
in this season. So you have to like weigh that out a little. Um, you also have to weigh out the fact that, like we've said so many times, there's just so much acting that doesn't land quite right. And like <laughs> you're just having to forgive at least one botch line every episode. <laughs> um, and uh, I would say like compare this to something like Jungle Fury. The line delivery in that season was like consistently really, really good. You know, you can look back on some seasons of the Power Rangers and find like that this is not necessarily required. It's always going to be a little bit like daytime television soap opera acting, but it, it could be a little better than this. <laughs> uh, it's basically like. I don't know. The end is really pog, though. The final episode is like 10. I will say that. Yeah. Endgame's amazing. Yeah. So that bumped me up a little bit. I was kind of wavering closer to a 7. Now I'm at like a 7.5. I want to give it the 8, but I just can't quite because it's just a little too flawed. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it the 8. Uh, That's fair. I had a really fun time watching it. Uh, I tried to contain my pogs, but I simply couldn't contain them anymore. Uh, the Zord fights suck. Overall, they're too noisy, like I've said before. Um, that's like that's a solid part of the television show. That's just kind of like your your eyes just kind of glaze over. Yeah, they don't that... suck in such a way that it's like offensive, but they suck in such a way that if you do try and pay attention to them, you realize that there's just like a lot of go say great Mega Zord combine victory charge. Like a bajillion adjectives just being land thrown at you. Land and sea combine. Land and sea cannons. Land brothers. Space brothers combine. Yeah, there's a lot of that. It's bad. Um, but the Zords themselves look good. The young adult stuff I felt was really good. Um, so much so that I was likening comparisons. I was like, the the way they did. The Power Rangers 2017 movie felt like they used this as the base. Um, and that definitely, I liked it. I liked the movie. You know, yeah. we'll get to it when we get there. Um, but for this show, I think as a tele, it felt like just a television show version of that made for a younger demographic. And I think it worked for the most part. The racist stuff does suck. And in particular, this one was definitely like very offen offensive to me. Thankfully, it's mostly just two episodes. And with our filler guide, you know, we could still skip those episodes if we want to. I'm not saying I have to put it around on around my kid. I'm saying it is it does matter in terms of the plot because it is canon. But two episodes out of what, 19? That's not that bad. Uh, you do have to be forgiving of wooden acting and be more accepting of like college level acting. <laughs> this is this is something you're gonna have to do, but this is also a kids show, so that type of stuff doesn't really matter that much, you know. But there was an episode. It was the it was one of the Troy. Uh, it was a tr moment with Troy where where Troy had a great comeback and did like a hit blast. Where I was just like, you know, I live for shit like this. Like this is why I continue to watch like Power Rangers and shit like that, is that like the show can still surprise me. And I think something we also fail to recognize is that I think this show in particular kind of pulled us back. <laughs> Cause like we were kind of like on the brink of like, all right, you know, we're doing this podcast. 
we're doing it. <laughs> you know, we'll just we'll take the content as it comes. It is what it is. We'll make the reviews. Yeah, we'll keep it moving. Sometimes. What yeah, but like, like Mega Force, I think truly reinvigorated us to like continue doing this, continue watching Power Rangers, and like it was fun. It was yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, and it is greater than the sum of its parts type of deal. The wooden acting is definitely something that you're just gonna have to accept. But it's an eight. It's an eight for me. There's not. I can't give it more than that. I, I was thinking like the ending. I was like, man, this ending might sell me on like a nine. <laughs> and the ending was pogged. It was definitely like a ten out of ten. Um, but I was like, maybe an eight. Like, there's a case to be made that this is might be like even an eight point five. But uh, I'm just going to say, like Kennedy said, you have to be f on that forgiveness mode <laughs> as an adult, <laughs> as a grown adult. You have to be in yep. the forgiveness mode. Yeah. I think but, a kid, uh, though, I I'm so curious oh, yeah. what, your, what your kid thinks when he sees it. I think my son already loves Megaforce because I think he watched it prior to, to me even like going like, hey, I'm doing a podcast about Power Rangers now. <laughs> Um, I'm interested to see what my daughter thinks of it in a couple of years. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. I, I, I definitely had that moment where I was watching Megaforce. And I was like, man, I can't wait to show my daughter this when she gets like older and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. right. Let's get out of here. It's been forever. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you guys in the next Sentai Truther Club. Rangers. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, Please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast and Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you. <laughs>